2: Uh,
3: (音声) (音声) (音声)
4: what's good internet it is tuesday april 13th and you are listening to waypoint radio episode 388 i'm your host austin walker i'm joined today by patrick Klepik. hello rob zachney Good morning. And Ricardo Contreras. Yo. How's everyone doing today? I, it's,
2: uh, oh, go ahead. No, it's it's cold and oh, rain. no, and oh, It's, it's that particular kind of cold that is like, do you have any joint issues? You're going to feel <laughs> all of them right now. And it's so like, for the moment I got up this morning, I was like, you know what I need to do? I need to rush order a slanket. And just get into one as quickly as possible. Are you in it now? No, of course not. I, no. I, would never, I wouldn't be caught dead in a it. But what? there are days <laughs> when I'm like, it sounds good. Yeah. He says
0: that, Black- and then Rob, Rob's going to get up and like forget yeah. that it's on his bottom half and just yeah. completely <laughs> expose the lie. I a slanket
4: is... Whole body blanket, like yeah, a, that was like a,
2: a that was a whole craze for
0: a
4: while that, there, oh, right? It went the by sleeve. another name, too. It was
2: also a little also popular. Um, what Snuggie. was it? Snuggy, yeah, yeah that Snuggie. was the one that
0: was that's the brand. A blanket probably. was that was that is that as a, a type of snuggy, or is, is that an offshoot, like a uh, a knockoff? I think there are two brands basically
4: of sleeve so blanket, was, oh. yeah,
1: yeah. So a rose. Uh, uh,
4: the product has been marketed by various brands such as Snuggy, Snuggler, Dujo. Toasty wrap and slank it with varying sizes, colors, and qualities, but similar
0: basic design. How much are we? T- um, can we guess? I want to guess the price $75. For like a good one? Uh, are, there, are there quality options? I don't know. Probably. I got to
2: believe there's fabric options. Like. Yeah. yeah. I'm
0: thinking like whatever, like the default, like, hey, do you want one of these things? I'm
4: 49.75. Ah, maybe even cheaper because they just want yeah. your money. <laughs> And also oh, your God. information to sell to third parties. <laughs>
2: there's there's like some sort of rayon fabric nightmare thing that's going for like 30 bucks a pop, I bet. Yeah.
0: I'm going to check. Slank Amazon kit. Basics now, I'm sure, makes Oh, I'm sure. I'm so <laughs> that's sure. That's 10
1: bucks.
2: The
0: struggle of our times is like, I know how toxic that is. And then it, inevitably it is still tempting occasionally to just
1: Man, buy their no. thing.
0: <laughs> All right. The act, the the dollars 99
1: oh, oh, nice. Nice.
4: So, uh the Comfy original microfiber
0: Oh the Comfy is a different it's a different brand. Yeah, what are we not. what are my upgrade options? What can I get upsold on?
4: Uh see this is the thing is I don't oh well here you could get this infrared sauna blanket uh for f- five hundred dollars. That's not really yeah, a what? slanky slanket. This is infrared? more of, Yeah, this is I, this feels like a scam is this to me? protect
0: blanket? me from the the covid rays yeah <laughs> this seems like oh,
4: it's no, to protect you from, your, like five, from your 5g
0: <laughs> this is like a sleeping
4: bag that you put on and it says get high naturally on it <laughs> it's purple
0: um <laughs> so it's, when the rest of your this is what you, so after you get your second shot you need to go into you
4: gotta, this right? you got to get in oh, this otherwise. is not your recovery
2: to, pod not to get too dark here yeah but this is definitely an outlet for excess supply of body bags, right? (laughs) (laughs) That is what it
4: looks like to me. Yes. Like it looks like a body bag manufacturer was like, damn, we just got too many of these body bags. Damn it. How do we get on the detox scam? Take a wellness cure from the likes of celebrities worldwide and take your dose, all caps on the go. Perfect for traveling or at home use, our infrared sauna blankets increase the body's thermal energy and promote a temporary increase in blood flow, so you'll sweat like you're working out without working out. This is this is one of the <laughs> oldest scams in the book. This is tremendous. I guess I allege I I can't say shit about this actual company. I don't know. I
2: haven't looked at the research. All I can say is it's similar. It, it seems to me like the definition of increasing your body's thermal energy that they're using here would be fulfilled by any blanket. <laughs> and in fact, we're not really talking about increasing thermal energy so much as containing its heat loss.
4: Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Uh huh. Right. Looks like the Snuggy you can get for a little bit cheaper. I was going to say that. Like 20 bucks. That's not too bad. But 40 bucks seems to be the going rate. Um, if I guess I click on over here, yeah, you can get things like, hey, this one is fleece and that's going to cost you like 75, you know, um, uh, you increase that price
0: point. You can, you can, you can get it up there, you know, uh, Um, you, you have, I'm, I'm willing to, I'm willing to acknowledge the image that you pasted, which (laughs) (laughs) is a section (laughs) about various press that has been done about this item, but you know what? I know a hundred percent what happened here, Uh which is like. The conversation we just had Mm -hmm. happened amongst a bunch of people was like, I bet they'll send us one of those fucking things for free Uh, in exchange for like a quippy blog. And then some person just has that in their house and like they have a party and it's like, hey, here's the get high room. Like, you know, Uh, uh, you want to go
1: get in there and see what happens?
4: Here's the other. other What do people
1: think getting high is sweating a lot?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, so. <laughs> it's just lot. like a runner's high equivalent. They're trying to like, Maybe. hey, yeah, so you could run a marathon, or you could just it is lay higher, on the bed. <laughs>
1: higher dose, a dose of what?
2: <laughs> well, higher, yeah, so dose. This is, higher This dose. is higher The way like wellness culture conflated with like weed culture yeah. in some ways too. Where it became like you start seeing terminology where it's like, oh man, gotta get gotta get my fix of a good sweat, if you know what I mean. And what they literally mean is like sweat out those bodily impurities. Uh.
4: Wait, I found this interview with Selena Gomez. Yeah,
2: clicked on Uh, that too. I was like, I have a sweat
4: bed which looks like a burrito that I wrap myself in, and I sweat for about forty-five minutes. Just little things to kind of keep me healthy and keep me focused. Wait, this burrito sweat bed is fascinating. Is this something you can buy, or is it something that Amy created for you? I think no, I you can they- actually buy it. Uh, <laughs> uh, they wrap up, they wrap you up. I used to lay in these beds in a sweatsuit. They wrap you up and you sweat for forty-five minutes, and it releases all the toxins from your body. And you kind of feel kind of the equivalent of a sauna, but it gets your heart rate up. It gets everything flowing in your body. It changed my skin. It changed my body as well. So it feels really good. I, you know, I guess if it works for Selena Gomez. <laughs> Okay. Like I gross. know it sounds gross, but you just sit in your sweat for an hour and don't immediately shower because there's natural collagen in your toxins that it actually makes your skin feel softer before you wash it all off. I'm not a doctor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but I, I just click on this review from Goop. I, I think um, <laughs> ah. now well, we're, we're in a brand Some real trust. science here. I mean, it's just I guess it's a so- it's a portable sauna. Do you yeah. like going in a sauna? Not right,
4: particularly.
2: Right, right. <laughs> so. So. I don't think, I think saunas are cool. Sure. I don't think bag I sweat in is quite the <laughs> sauna experience. How are, we, cl- how are we cleaning this thing? I don't Can know you how to, I put was this just in thinking. A, you're just wiping
0: a, a, it down? It's not going I'm in. Sure, it needs the hose, it needs the <laughs> <a> hose. <laughs> <You're> not, <laughs> it needs, out out on the New York <laughs> sidewalk, yeah. hosing down my <laughs> my portable sauna. He's like, did somebody die in your apartment? No, this is my sweat bag. Don't worry. I actually about get. It. I cook fish in here with me. I bring it in. You know, <laughs> yeah, uh, I get right. some meals done. Fish
1: in a bag.
2: Fish in a fish, fish I, in a I mean fish in it.
1: a. <laughs> so <laughs> do we bag. think?
2: Do we think this interview with Selena Gomez though? Hmm, do you think it organically came up, where she's like, "I just love no, my?" No, she sweat was bag. paid. Yeah, yeah. This is, but like they don't do the thing where it's like, "Hey, I'm repping this."
4: Oh, laws don't apply to real celebrities, just to influencers. Right. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> real celebrities just. What are they going to do? Find Selena Gomez?
0: Sure. There's some like some copy. There's like, a made up interview is written. Like one of her PR handles signs off on it, and she may not even know. There's she didn't even know the check showed up. Listen,
4: maybe she really loves her sweat bag. Sure, well, it's possible.
0: Readers, <laughs> it's possible. one of you, one of you must have encountered <laughs> yeah, a sweat bag I would love in the wild. These look popular amongst a certain section of the world. Like there are articles that are updated with, hey. Covid made like this is sounds like a uh, a a covid consequence. Well, welcome to covid consequence corner. Uh, and a lot of these were sold out, and now they're back in stocking. it. like, there's like notes in a bunch of these articles. They're like, ah, you can buy it again. So, so one of you motherfuckers has been around someone that Who has got that tempted into one of
4: these types of the things. blanket,
0: and one of you has thought what all of us would be thinking. My real issue here, I is know that's that- gross, but like, I gotta try it.
1: This thing is $500 for a portable yeah. sauna. Look at this shit. That sounds about right. Nah. Nah, look at this shit. This is more This is How 121. This is $121 for a portable, portable sauna that you can this sit is, in.
2: I've seen this thing. Yeah. I've seen this <laughs> thing before. This is just a clothing
4: hamper. Wait, why is there a professional steam cooker in there? What? It's a sauna. You gotta get the steam. It's literally a sauna. Yeah. It's you put some rice in a little there? chair. It's you probably really, made rice
1: you know? in there. Hey, you know? I'm prepping my <laughs> professional steam cooker. Why is put it called a, little, a steam put cooker? It looks home? like a fucking Instapot. It does I was it. I was look like an
2: Instapot. strong Instapot vibes.
4: <laughs> it does look like an Instapot. But, but you're the up, food. The greatest I, invention of our generation.
0: <laughs> this this image, which uh, if people want to look for it, please Google portable portals personal sauna two L on wish.com. This image looks like if you were just like at the airport and like a little bleary eye to 6am and you just saw like a woman on her phone coming down in a sauna thing as the rest of the luggage comes out Uh, of the apartment. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, It
4: literally looks like luggage with a little chair in it (laughs) and a tiny Instapot underneath the chair.
2: I'll say this too. This version seems a little bit less likely to trigger like instant claustrophobia.
4: Yeah, you got some space. Like, yeah. You get your you got a little room. You got a little. Yeah. Like, you got your your hands are out. Yeah, she's on the phone. Do you see what I mean? Like she, they can't take can like, a hey, a sauna.
1: It's gonna get all steamed.
4: You can't. And also, your head isn't in there, so you have to look down at it from above.
2: <laughs> I don't, I don't know <laughs> Imagine it's it, like a sauna. That. You can get work done, which is what if a dream if they put for a lot of wheels us who aren't movie Russian gangsters.
4: <laughs> <laughs> what if they put little wheels on this thing and you could control it with an
0: app on your phone?
2: Oh you my Just always be in a sauna.
0: And just zipping around
2: all day.
1: This
0: this one-star review from Michael, not as depicted. It has plastics (laughs) tubing to support the frame, which is cumbersome. Takes Mm. a long time to heat up, and steam is limited, even on the highest setting. The folding chair is not designed for Americans and clumsy. (laughs) But it does do the job, and you can experience a mediocre, quote, sweat. Oh, sorry, Michael. I didn't. It's not. not Michael, I
2: understand. Like, I think (laughs) Michael, I get up what you're putting down. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. I appreciate the perspective, Michael.
4: I had my doubts about that holding chair myself. (laughs) Uh, We got a great review here for this, this. Oh, I see. There's right. The way wish works is that. Reviews are often you can see you can also just see reviews by store. I was very confused. I saw a review that was like, "I asked for iPhone six headphones." <laughs> <And> <laughs> I was like, "Wait, did you get this sauna instead?" But no, it's just the way that the way that reviews work on Wish is is silly. Um, I'll note really quick before we move on to uh, video games. I did check how you clean the sauna blanket. Uh, cleaning the blanket is very easy. We recommend using an antibacterial wipe after every use. Wait. Not enough. Uh, they add a homemade solution of vinegar with tea tree, lavender, or thyme essential oil. Works great too. I feel like I don't want a sort of like kitchen remedy to clean out my my $500 blanket from the company. I think that's. You, you might be right. Thing? That's enough.
2: The what thing?
1: The the portable personal sauna.
2: It's from Games Carts. Games oh, Carts. Just, games. What's Games, games
1: Carts? <laughs> I don't know. But why is something called Games Carts?
4: Games carts. What else do they sell? Wish is wild. I've i not like <laughs> gone down the wish rabbit hole very often. Um, is but games place carts like also pr- sell promises
0: to sell you like expensive things for cheap. Isn't that the whole pitch? Yes. of Wish. I there's a um mm, is wrong YouTube channel. I think it was what's one of the big tech ones. Linus Tech Tips. Like he does yeah, a lot sure. of yeah. I think that's it. Anyway, I want to say it's him that did it, but they built a PC. Based on only parts they bought from Wish, and it was just like a complete fucking (laughs) nightmare. Because I guess what constantly happens is you'll buy something and it's not not even close to what they're like claiming that that you're selling. Damn Um, it,
2: I'm really pissed now. We missed the opportunity to get Emmanuel hooked on trying to find a 3080 on Wish. (laughs) Um, That would have been like, I would have been like, hey, why don't you come back on the pod this week and let us know how that Wish PC is coming together? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you got that 3080 yet?
4: I mean, we could find some other, some other very funny way to make a manual waste money. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, okay. Wait. Wait. Huh. Wait. Why? I'm just gonna drop an image in here, and then we're
2: gonna move on. All right. Someone describe what I'm looking at. <laughs> <laughs> so that is a chainsaw. In the upper left of the image is the Hot Wheels, uh, the Hot Wheels icon with the word <laughs> "hot." Written on it. Uh That's right where my eyes went. (laughs) It's a 20 inch chainsaw um, with the blade phallically thrusting toward you, the viewer. And on the uh, flat of the blade. Couture. (laughs) Spelled spelled the way you would imagine if it was like, imagine the more more troubling spelling of that. Uh And uh, there you go. Drop another E in there. $129
4: 129 dollars. Right on Wish. There you go. Damn. <laughs> Four reviews. Not not enough reviews. Just what I ordered. <laughs> RDC. Uh, I mean, maybe he's cornballing vlogging. <laughs> yeah. Just what I just what I fucking needed. All right. Um, we should talk about video games now. Otherwise, we're just gonna look on the internet for the next uh. three hours. Um. How's everyone? You want play anything? What's going on? <laughs> Rob, can we just jump right into the conversation we were having? Right, before? There's probably bigger games to talk about, but I just want to get this one off our chest. Yeah. Uh, because I think it's pretty
2: cool. Hey, good news, everybody. Austin found another card game. <laughs> <laughs> card <laughs> <and> <laughs> game, Another
4: fucking tactical deck builder. Uh, actually, the tactical part is, is the thing that
2: kind of makes it unique, right? Um, Trials Steam of Steam is your forest. <laughs> and good tactical deck builders are our truffles.
4: Yes. Uh, And this one seems pretty good. This one seems pretty good. I messaged Kato and Rob late last night. Uh, I said something very goofy. I got a real one here, boys. (laughs) Yeah, Um, But it's good. It's called Trials of Fire, a name I'm repeating because both Kato and Rob today called it Trials by Fire because that's That's a phrase. And Trials (laughs) of Fire isn't. And it's easy to forget it. But Trials of Fire uh, is a tactical deck builder. Um, uh, some you know if you if you heard us talk about Slay the spire, where over the course of a roguelike style mini campaign thing, by say mini I mean like a couple of hours of a run, you are going from some very basic. Uh, abilities and cards to some stuff that's a little bit more complex than that uh building out strategies for your characters and i say characters in this sense or in this game because instead of having a single character you have a trio uh and instead of the battles taking place in a kind of like left side of the screen right side of the screen thing or even a gordian quest style like rose system it's like a big open it's like a a hex a hex map map basically it's a little with bit some, of heroes some, of
2: might and magic like tiny yeah. little hex dance I, floor I,
4: they're looking at this game browsing past this game on steam i did the thing that i often do which is i go dan that looks like something i would almost really like um <laughs> which is frustrating often it happened to me recently with another game called um, Eradus. I want to say it was called. Is that the name of that? No, not Erotus. Ooh. But also Eradus is one of these things. I R A T U S. That's like Eradus looks like a darkest dungeon, but like grim, dark, and and edgy. Um, but there was another tactics game that came out a few uh, tactical roguelike that came out recently. I was like, damn, this looks like something I would almost like a lot. Um, but but there were a lot of signs of things that I thought would maybe put me off. Um, uh, I'm not big on sword and sorcery style fantasy, which this very much is. This is very Conan the Barbarian vibes. This is very like sun scorched earth. You know the peoples have been the peoples of the world have been have been torn asunder. Everyone is like just you know uh, hard scrabble living, um, and I don't have a, a hatred of that. It's just not a thing that I have a lot of like deep connection with. Mm-hmm. Very very again like Conan the Barbarian vibes. Um, uh, I, I I tend to like my tactical stuff to have three D representations of characters and not just little tokens, not just little like chips it's fine when i'm playing a real tactics like a board game thing but when i'm playing a video game, like i want to see the characters um and and in general it's often the case that like something that um a lot of tactics and a lot of like deck builder roguelike type blends can get over complicated it's one of the reasons why i think say the spire is so smart is like it's very it's it's it knows exactly the thing it's doing, and it's doing that one thing as close to perfection as it can be. And so I went into this being ready to be disappointed, and now I have seven hours in it. So uh, I discovered it, like, yesterday afternoon, <laughs> and it just absolutely consumed me. Um, uh, you have three characters. You are in a, kind of an adventuring party. The opening vibe of – of uh, okay, I guess there's, like, a big run uh, version of it where you're, like, trying to – Track down the leader of your um, of your like town in this big open world map, going from tile to tile, uh, uh, interacting with various you know uh, marks on the map that can turn into fights, can turn into uh, you know you have a twenty five percent chance to get loot or a seventy five percent chance to get hurt. Do you want to try to get the loot uh, type events, things like that? Uh, Us towns where you can resupply because this is a game where as you're moving around, you're party is like slowly getting more and more tired and you need to rest it at certain intervals. Um, And then and then getting into these fights, uh, which are which are driven by the decks of cards that each of your characters have, which are made up both of a kind of core deck, which improves as you level up, but also whatever equipment they have um, equipped to them. So it's also kind of a loot game where you can like get a high end, a high end drop and be like, oh, my God, this changes my build completely, which is kind of fun. Um, especially in this. And it's something that I think a lot of rogue lights um, need to hit if they're going to, to make it uh, a fun game to return to over and over again, is that sense of like finding a build as you play. Um, and then the most important thing about it is it just feels and looks really fucking good. Um, there is, it is the whole presentation is this book that is uh, open in front of you. You're kind of zoomed in on it. And you know, when you're moving around the map, it's like, you know, at the top of the on the top of the page, it tells you how much what day what day it is and how much food supply you have and how much money you have on the left. there are like bookmarks that are your characters They're like sticking out that have like, here's your character's portrait and they have, you know, how much health they have. Um, and and then on the the map is like the bulk of the page. Um and it's you know it's 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 kind of like a, a map of again a, a wasteland a fantasy wasteland and you're exploring and going to various question marks and then you get into a fight and it fucking zooms in in a really slick way mm-hmm. into the like a an arena that always feels more like substantive than i think it will i i i've played so many like Hex Tactics games in this sort of small one-screen variety that have tried to present um, a sense of – of uh, like there are obstacles on the map in some ways to, to create some sense of geography um, that just don't do it. But every time I get into a fight in this game, I feel like there's a really interesting choke point somewhere or – uh, line of sight is handled really well, um, and mm. and then you start moving, you start moving cards around, and making these guys like shoot at each other and do all the stuff that you do in a tactics game, and it all just feels good. It has that Hearthstone feeling of like weightiness, of like oh they figured out how to make these digital cards and digital tokens feel like. They have some degree of heft to them, which is a difficult thing to do because otherwise we would see, <laughs> see it more often. Um, and it, the whole thing ends up just being really charming and really, like, I, consuming. Like, I really mm. liked the 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 fact that uh, – and I said this I – mean finish this one thought from before and I'll pass the mic. Um, and on top of the main quest that is, like, seems like a longer thing, you also unlock and even start with two shorter quests that straight up say, like, hey – this is a 90 minute to, to to 2 hour long quest in which you're going to go off and find a water stone. It's like the it's like Fallout, the Fallout 1 where you got to go repair your town's water chip thing except in a fantasy setting. I was <laughs> like that's how long this is. It's a three-step quest. You have to get to three different points on the map. You can go do side stuff if you want to, but that's going to you know that's going to extend your your time a little bit. But that's about how long this this is expecting this this should be. And the fact that they have those little breakout quests is really cool for for this style of game um so yeah i'm i'm just uh, it's one of those things that was like i found it on a sunday and i'm completely charmed by it by by that night um uh, rob and Cotto, i know you both dipped into it at least
1: yeah i i've been really enjoying the the because when you say tactics right there's a, yeah. a thought in people's minds it's like okay so each each uh, character probably has action points or something to that point but at uh, right. the way that, they, that this game deals with your kind of, like, mana pool, so to speak, is that there's um, there's cards that will give you it passively, but you right. basically, whenever you draw for each turn, you can recycle one of those cards for, like, one mana point. And that's from all three of your characters. So you can end up with turns where one character is like, I'm just going to chill back and, like, give you all points so you can blow off your, like, really tough spells. Also, you can, instead of yeah. using that mana point to uh cast spells you can use it to move that character if you don't have any movement cards or if you leave it till the end it'll give you two defense uh when you turn over the turn it's just like there's so many options of like um and it should be confusing because it's a lot yeah but there's a really sharp tutorial up
4: top that like walks you through that stuff in a way that does not confuse it did not confuse no, was- me um uh, yeah,
1: it's great and like it just you know it feels like um. A lot of times I feel like card games will end up playing in the like you know you have some good cards in there, but you you drew a bad hand and then it's like, okay, you have to kind of make the make do with just playing these cards the best you can for this turn. It's maybe a kind mm-hmm. of a meh turn. But this allows you to like kind of shift resources to where your better cards are, or just like yeah. set yourself up with some defense, which defense carries overturn to turn 2 so it's never really a waste to like get two defense and it's just like that character has two defenses until they get hit so you know like that's great um it's just like a really flexible uh uh system for like you know uh setting yourself up for later turns even if you didn't you, your hand is like oh this is this is a close range <laughs> thing but those people are a little far also, you-, you know like you can you can flip your hand you can you can right. take you a can also just on like, your hand totally yeah
4: multiple times once you start getting good gear it's it's tied right. to how good your gear is as your gear improves you can flip through your 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 hand more often or you can like kind of redraw a hand um or even just multiple a couple of cards from your three card hand or even if you've saved a card from the previous thing a four card hand right, right. um it's it's wild the sort of trickiness around that stuff that The thing that's wild is that I've been playing this game for a day and understand it enough to to think about those things in in a way that I think I wouldn't traditionally this soon.
2: Yeah, it already seems really nicely balanced as far as um, these like tensions that you're dealing with in your turn where usually it's not hard for me to find the willpower points to cast something powerful, but I'm often like up against it where I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to forego some things I want to do on this turn, but it doesn't feel overly hamstringing either. Like that can be, if everything cool feels like it's just too difficult to access. And a lot of a game involves taking a knee to build, to basically charge up to do it. That's also kind of unengaging a lot of just from this game's early state. A lot of these things are in a good place where like I've got a lot of interesting options uh, on the board each turn and I can do a lot of cool things. I can't do every thought that crosses my mind. The other thing is that, just in terms of the way movement works, uh, Austin, you were talking about how it always feels like there's an interesting choke point. I agree with that. I think also there is just enough maneuvering. It's not a big board. Like I used no. might and Magic as an example, but like this is like a quarter of that board size or a third. It's a small board. But... That also means that, like, for instance, your archer has some abilities that need clear line of sight or they will just fire through things. Right. And you'd be surprised how often obstructions kind of interpose themselves. Yeah. Like, oh, damn it. Like, my warrior got in the way. Um, it's You're often kind of incentivized to be like, I need to find a way to line these fuckers up so I can skewer them. Mm-hmm. Um, your wizard... There's a lot of AOE spells that are like, I just need to set this thing up. I know I've got this like diamond pattern, like flame blast <laughs> <laughs> in thing, my hand. Yeah. I just need to set this up so that like they're all in the diamond and none of my people are. <laughs> um, and so like, it's cool how already in this early state, uh, things like that fit together. Oh, I also want to call it this. This might, they have made leveling up so fucking fun oh it's Um, so cool dude this is the like leveling up is where you get to like clean up that deck a Mm -hmm. little bit uh and so you start with a lot of boring early level powers each time you level up a character it's like okay uh, you want to get one of those guys out of here and bring in a, a more advanced <laughs> call, but you can't yeah. bring in everything. So like, here's your menu. Like what, what here not... looks most important. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and what are you going to replace? Doing
4: it, are you going to replace like a lot of them kind of clearly map. So like, for instance, I want to say there's an archer spec or there's an archer attack or whatever the hunter yeah, you're yeah. starting like ranged unit is. Um, that is one of the default ones is just power shot. It does two damage, um or three does three damage I want to say maybe mm-hmm. um and and a nice thing about the archer or the hunter is the uh, each class has, an, has a passive ability and the hunters is the first attack each turn just does double damage and so that's like that's six damage that's not bad but there's a one of the opening ones that you can get to to replace it as you as you level them up is a um one that just says if you're next to an obstacle. Do an extra, like it's like do the same damage, but take, but also get defense added to you. Um, and it's easy to be like, okay, well, I can just replace one of those power shots with my cover shot instead. But you could also times when you're like, you know what? What if I just get rid of one of the melee abilities that's that that this guy has on him because I want to really focus him down on being ranged and I'll keep one of these basic range attacks, but this means I'll slide him more in that direction, which means that when I start giving him a equipment that says that's like a, a a kind of a temporary passive buff called a power that triggers whenever he does a range attack, there's a higher chance of that popping off or or me getting a range attack to use that with. And those decisions are just really fun.
1: Yeah. It's Um, also, it's also great how you can, it's not just, leveling but also equipment gives you cards too like there's different like lots of different avenues for (laughs) switching up the deck i feel like
4: this is the most like impulsive deck builder person (laughs) take but it's the rare deck builder that doesn't i don't feel bad wanting to keep adding cards to my deck via equipment and like you can't it doesn't seem like you can overdo it um every character has a certain number of equipment right. slots well, there are and only a the, certain number of raw cards you can put in your deck yeah so you don't feel you don't get that thing where you're like damn it am i fucking stuffing this deck with too <laughs> many cards am i breaking this build
1: and and part of it is absolutely the setup with being able to recycle things right like sometimes you yes, just need to cycle yes, things and you'll yes. have something you'll have something on one of your characters that is worth recycling for so it like feels yeah. really great uh, I, to have those options It passed the core test for me, which is I was
4: telling you guys about this last night, but um, I hit a a point. I was doing a uh, one of the shorter like quest things, which was the the, go find this water gem and recharge it with magic or whatever. And on the way, I took on an optional boss, which was like this giant like, you know, sandworm type creature that took up multiple took up multiple tiles which is really cool. <laughs> nice it was like good. took up three consecutive tiles and it could kind of like curl around in interesting ways. And it was just this huge bag of HP. You know, your characters are not they're not particularly tough in this game. You can get armor that or you can get armor that gives you resistance and they, and that gives you um and you can obviously defend to get starting or to get uh, uh more resistance and defense and stuff. Um but uh you know your your characters have like 10 to 15 HP to start with this worm had 150, 130 or something <laughs> like that. Uh, I was 115, but like still over 100 and I was like, well, this is gonna fucking suck. And I and it, it was scary at first, but I like eventually like managed to to chip it down and uh, take advantage of the fact that it had three places that you could hit it on, which meant that you could do AOE damage to it and hit it multiple times and uh, do the thing where you get you, you kind of corner it to some degree and get um, multiple hits in on it. Uh, from characters, you know that has like a sort of follow up attack mechanic that's kind of core to do using melee characters. Um, and I managed to, to win that fight pretty handily. And I was like, all right, cool, cool, cool. Let me go do this other, uh, like, the next story fight. And it was against one, like, lich. And I was like, all right. I just beat this fucking 115-point worm. What's this 40-point lich going to do to me? Get the fuck out of here. This is I'm going to roll this motherfucker. No, absolutely not. Beat the <laughs> shit out of me. Beat the brakes off me. Uh, um, I just could not close in. Like, it had the this character just had all this movement stuff that could either – Uh, move her away from me or move my units away from her or apart from each other so they were always isolated they couldn't do combo attacks Um, they couldn't you know I couldn't like corner her for long enough to to put the damage on and then it just bit by bit just like beat the shit (laughs) out of me just like (laughs) chop me down and that felt good that like going into a fight in a tactics game overconfident and then being put in your place by like a part of the system you have not learned to counter yet felt really good. And I could have invested in more range attacks in that, in that build more um, um, maneuverability stuff. There's a lot of like cards that are just like move four spaces and gain a defense or gain more willpower, which is like the mana. Um, and I had under invested in that stuff um, and I paid for it. And I like, I like in a game like this losing for a reason. Mm. Uh, it's one of the reasons I like roguelikes in general, the sense of like, a good roguelike makes me go fuck if I just built this way a little bit differently, or even if I'd used my build a little bit differently. Uh, And so having one of those experiences this early on in this game was, was, was good. Um, So. Yeah.
2: So I I think for me, one thing I I do want to flag here is that I'm torn about the overall presentation of this game. Like I think the transition from the main map to the battle is amazing that animation of like the uh-huh. 3d uh, battle space coming together. The characters fate, like breaking out into their, um, their like heavy satisfying like tokens. That's cool. I think the Austin, your point about like the setting, not generally doing it for you. I think one reason it doesn't usually do it for me is I find the shit ugly. Like, you know what, <laughs> you know what looks monotonous, a post apocalyptic desert wasteland. That's like always, always Conan or Mad Max looking shit. And the overworld on this is pretty brown. Um, And, like, right now there's not a lot of flavor on that map in terms of, like, locations. There's no sense of, like, ooh, what intriguing event might await me at this, like, question mark that's floating above some random ruins. Uh, And so I think to a degree, like that is keeping me back from it. What's interesting is that if you hover over a lot of the flavor text like defining creature names, character names, you get these tooltip pop-outs that like break out like a excerpt from a lore, pa- lore page or a player's <laughs> guide or something. And like very, very D&D like third, fourth edition style sketches of characters um, that also look a lot like concept art that's real good. Um, and like that That stuff, stuff is cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, Make the game live up to that. Like, Mm, if you've you've drawn these cool little rat guys, the Ratlings, who look pretty chill. um, Like, they're bookish rat people who just seem to hang. And I'm like, (laughs) why would I be an enemy of the Ratling? I want to be one of the Let me tell you, Rob.
4: I did, in fact, unlock a Ratling to play as. And he whips. He's an alchemist. (laughs) uh, And he's great. And I can't wait for y'all to unlock him. He might be my favorite character to play as now. He's like the classic... Chaos, rats rule. That's just true. <laughs> He's like the the classic chaos alchemist archetype of like. Um, ha- he has cards that are like use this card and get one of four cards in your deck that you can play Im- <laughs> or in your hand immediately that you can play whatever. Lots of big AOE throwing flasks to do AOE damage and and effects. Mm. Um, uh, I've also unlocked one of the hybrids, which is a is a word I don't love. Hybrid has like a really weird eugenics <laughs> codification <laughs> around it, but these are like demon people hybrids or something. They got big horns. Um, and she's like a melee. She's like a melee support class. She's like has a bunch of inspirational like moves that do that give you inspiration and like leadership buffs and stuff. You know what's kind of
2: going on here? I think the world has pyre
4: vibes. Oh, 100%. The look of it though, the main character art, the character art is also just really good, but but the map does not sell you the cool. You're right, Pyre is a great touchstone for what yeah. the lore and the, and the individual character arc is.
2: Pyre, does. you would go places, and it's like, yeah, it's a fucked up wasteland out here. And it would still, you'd be like, oh yeah, wow, there's like wild magics out here that have like <laughs> definitely trashed things, but it also looks very pretty. Uh, whereas here, and I want to be clear, the overall map does look work in progress to me in a way that like, you know how Mountain Blade... Well, (laughs) that just turned out to be like, that's just how the game looks. But yeah, Yeah. Mountain Blade, uh, that map is just kind of like crude and functional and like uh, there's not a lot of personality to it. There's a lot of that happening here. I'm hoping that like as this game evolves, um, I would love for it to get like a map rework. Yeah, yeah.
4: Because the the tactical maps have a lot of flavor and color and weird textures. Like I have been in temples and stuff that have incredible like mosaic work in them <laughs> and shit. Like where is none of that on the
1: overworld map a hundred percent?
4: Uh Kata, you also had something.
1: Uh well I just had a question about so uh what do you end do you end up carrying stuff between runs? Because I've only I'm just no. still in the middle of my first. Uh run. you unlock
4: you do the classic thing of unlocking more things to unlock on your future runs right where as your characters level up uh there's like a soul level for each character class and those each give you bonuses that are like um not bonuses but unlock other cards you can find you can add to your deck and unlock characters there's nine classes you start with three there's lots of class and and new quests which are those little mini bite-sized ones right so like I had one that I was doing last night that does not give you any direction. It just says, you're trying to build this thing, go out in the world, try to find the pieces for it. <laughs> um, and that was a fun – that was like a fun twist on it. So that is Trials of Fire. Um, it's I, I think it's it's pretty good. Again, I'm, I'm seven hours in, which is like enough to be like I'm having a really good time. But it's not enough to be like I think this is well-balanced or something because tactics and deck-building games are so – Long in 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 terms of there's such a long you, there's so much work you have to do in to know where does it break down right um uh so but but I'm gonna keep playing it because it completely completely consumed my Sunday um Patrick do you want to be back in this conversation do you want to talk about something <laughs> what
0: hell? uh yep uh can I do you want to go okay. back to the
4: blankets or do you want to talk about video game <laughs> stuff
0: i just want to read so uh hmm. you remember the game else should I yeah, of course. Uh, uh, so, uh, really don't bright. say fucking of course. Like nobody what? played that game. Shane Bettenhausen did a lot <laughs> yeah, of Shane work. Bettenhausen's first me. project post e- post yes. One Up.
4: Yeah, of course. Um,
0: working for Ignition cool. Entertainment. Classic. Everyone knows. Everyone knows. Do some trivia. <laughs> um,
4: everyone yeah. remembers One Up shut down. Then you said, you know what? I'm even though I'm, I'm at a job that's paying my bills and that I hate, I'm going to finally push to get into games journalism because I always wanted to, to work for EGM or whatnot, and now it's never going to happen. Uh, then you get a weird email a couple years later from someone who says they work for EGM, and you're like, hmm, this sounds like an opportunity. And then you you hear better and you back <laughs> the fuck off.
0: <laughs> uh, anyway, so El Shaddai, which is uh, a really unique looking uh, game that came out for the PS3. Um, years and years ago um, that was like loosely based on like what the book of Enoch I think is like that's the, correct like the religious yeah. text um, uh-huh. I think loosely based is is a uh, uh, fair interpretation I didn't play it but I heard it was like really stylish like an okay like action game sort of act like character action type yeah thing, but like the right? visuals and story were like so otherworldly that it was like, worth kind of slogging through. I yeah. never did. I definitely have a copy. Like, I bought one at a GameStop at some point. Like, I have yeah. it in a box in my house. Um, there's a Steam version coming out at some point this month. And cool. um, I'd always heard that the creator was kind of interesting. And so I was like, all right, I'll fire off a couple questions and see uh, what I get back. And uh, this whole interview... Okay, one, there was... <laughs> All right. (laughs) Okay. So I set off some questions and Japanese interviews are uh, a crapshoot. Like you always want to do them in person because you just don't know the personality of the creator and what is the relationship with the translator going to be. And you will often find midstream when you're doing – and this is not even – I only say Japanese because that tends to be the kinds of creators we're talking to. But this is true of any interview you're doing the translator, you want to figure out like what kind of questions do I need to ask to get good answers, and this is based on like how are they being translated, and also what is the attitude of the the creator. Um, mm. And that's so you could that's easier to do in 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 person, even though you may only have like 15 minutes at an E3, you can spend the first like two questions like these are the throwaways. I just need to know how mm. they're answering, and then I'll figure out what I'm going to do with my remaining time. Um, email is just a. Pfft. Just like you have, either you have no control over it. You're just <laughs> crossing your fingers that, like, right. anything useful. Because you're sending
4: are, a bunch saying. of questions at once in general. You're not, yeah, sending and, a you're, and you're being and scattershot. shot. Oh, so, like,
0: you're asking yeah. like different styles of questions. Yeah, you're asking them in different ways. Some of them, uh, you'll find, I, I felt like you want to be specific, and other times you want to be open ended. Sometimes you give someone open ended, and all you get is a, a one sentence talking point in, in in response. Other times, it's like if you give something very specific. Um, I like uh one of the uh, the reliable questions I've I've uh, had over the the last couple of years is like tell me something in your game that you're really proud of that people like wouldn't notice in a trailer and then you always get something like really interesting yeah, that's anyway that's one. just a long preamble to this uh, I sent off some questions for this uh, upcoming Steam version of El Shaddai and uh I'd th- forgotten about it and I got this email back and <laughs> the R- the PR person was like I. <laughs> tell me if these aren't good enough. <laughs> and it's like, oh. what is that? What? Uh-oh. Okay. And, uh, and I was like, well, that, you know, whatever the Leonardo DiCaprio gif, you know, like, like you know, I was interested and now I'm intrigued. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <I> <laughs> op- open it. And um, they were all like, like six-word answers. Oh. Like just the, the, the shortest. Were they good words? Yes. Um, <laughs> and no. Oh. Um, so... I'll I'll get there. There's one I want to read because there's a lot going on in the answer. Um, But uh, on some level, I felt bad. I was like, it seems a little weird to be like, look, if this is what the creator wrote, like it's an email interview. These sometimes go. I was like, even the answers are like eccentric enough. They're like, okay, I'll do a screenshot of this and like, it'll get, you know, it'll get some interest. Um, But they like wrote the email like, hey, if you'd like us to send it back, you know, we can't ask him to like elaborate a little bit. And I was like, oh, what's the, What's what's the harm? Yeah. Like, yeah. sure. ask them to elaborate and we'll see what comes back. And so what ended up I just got the document back a little while ago. Um it was one of the things I was reading while you guys were uh talking cards. And it's like <laughs> they kept all the original answers, and those are like under a bullet point. And then there's just like another paragraph underneath. It's just like a very funny formatting <laughs> style. Um, but I uh so I I wrote um uh, what was your impression of religion prior to making El Shaddai and how has that changed over the years? Has growing older given you a different perspective? Um, had great success asking someone like you know, Yokotaro, like, uh, you know, do you believe in God? And like, right, right. you know, you get a great answer response. And so, um, uh, oh, I should say the creator. Um, uh, Sawaki uh, Takayasu. Uh, I hope I got uh, that. That sounds right. Um yeah, that's right. And... I am not interested in a specific religion, but I basically think that my real life will start after death. It seems like killing time bound by gravity and breathing for me to live in this world. Uh, in that sense, if I can die comfortably without pain, I would like to die soon. To tell the truth, such an idea appears in Enoch's character, and Lucifer's words also have such a message. It's like, Damn. <laughs> Bro, that's an answer. Yeah, All right. right. So, thank so you. <laughs> thank you
4: for committing to committing to
0: saying some shit you really believe. You th- yeah, that was like that. You were not. Uh, that Yeah, I I wish I uh, is. Sure. Thank you. The thing the-, the thing
4: I remember about that game is and this again is probably because I was following Shane on Twitter. Yeah, is that Lucifer is promoting and has game nice jeans. That's the thing I remember is his <laughs> jeans. He's wears really good jeans. <laughs> I think they of a special <laughs>
0: co-branding thing. Uh, in- and I just remember seeing that game constantly because uh, the the PAX – the PAX or PAXes where Shane was promoting it, they had gotten a booth. Um, if you have never been uh, to – this is at PAX West, I'm thinking. You know how like when you go to PAX West and you're going into the main convention hall, there's a lot of uh, – Like, uh, people selling, like, board game tables and stuff like that in the center. And then on the side, there are some, like, often shops. People are selling, like, T-shirts and stuff. But there are a couple, like, uh, you know, like, game companies. And, like, Ignition had one of those. And so, they're like, every time I'm walking to and from the, like, convention area, it's like, I can't miss Shane sitting around. It's like, do I make eye contact with him this time? Like, I've (laughs) walked past this way a bunch of times. Um, I love Shane, (laughs) but... um, I love uh, I, I
4: love Shane, and I also love uh, events
0: where you get to see people,
4: and I miss them. And <laughs> would like to
0: I was go to it, there a was stupid a, uh, games event, so bad. I think I recently said uh, to you Austin in front of some other people. I was like, you know what? Fucking, let's just go to a Call of Duty review event. Let's go. <laughs> like, I would love nothing more than <laughs> oh. to, like, play four hours of a single player campaign and then be forced to go have, like, a big awkward dinner with a bunch of people I don't know that well. So you sit with, like, the one person you do know and just yeah. chat with them the whole time. Like, that sounds fucking great. <laughs> like, the, let's. I would kill for the. 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 The
4: the best part about Judges Week when I used to do Judges Week stuff was like the camaraderie between all the different people in in at Judges Week going from event to event, being like, you think they're just gonna have sliders again? You think that's what we're gonna, we already had sliders <laughs> at eleven a.m., which is too early for sliders in my opinion. And now it's I want breakfast. Rob, Rob, Rob is like I'm pro slider all the time. <laughs> Rob's not. What, what about some breakfast sliders? Yeah, I could do a breakfast slider, but I don't want like a I don't want a like, burger, a, a greasy burger slider, yeah. which is like what those were often at these
2: events. I, I think it's um, a cumulative thing, right? Where it's like right. if it's like day two, I have been <laughs> eating sliders three <laughs> out of four meals a day. It's like like you see that morning slider and you're like, I can't no more. I can't please, do a fucking slider. <laughs> please, sir. No, could you you just got can, got you, can you combine them? <laughs>
4: Yeah, yeah, y'all gotta fr- come on, just like mixed fruit. I'm begging you. <laughs> um, but that experience is, I'm, I, that is, it is it is such a silly thing because we have done our best, I think, to be skeptical of of the kind of big, um, the big events where publishers are trying to pretend that they are the whole of the industry uh, and get all of your attention. Uh, but the sociality, E3. like look at the, the, the yeah, you exactly. know, the,
0: the the rise and fall and the the COVID in, induced uh, k- killing. I mean, I know E three will be around this year in theory, but it's um, you know, it's gonna be a, a shadow, and I don't think it's really coming back um Not after like, this. But no. like, yeah, like there we'll is see. some like I I definitely miss the way that E three forced everyone to get together in like the like friends and family I have in the gaming world. Like that's what I liked about E3. Like I also, all the other I, stuff is around. I am
4: also someone who came alive under that pressure to some degree. I loved I don't want that to be my job all the time, but I like doing one week of, of work yeah. a year that was at that pace where I was just like, I'm booked. I don't have my brain can't think about anything but work for a week. Depression, fucking be gone. <laughs> I have to there's no time right now right. for me to like I, everything is booked. Everything is, is. it takes a month of scheduling to even fill that much time with things to do. Um, and and obviously, there's always ways to improve it. And I think we were pretty good by by the last one that we went to of like not killing ourselves in terms of overscheduling we things or overbooking.
2: And it died. Like we <laughs> and then it died. You're
4: right. We yeah, got a little the- house. We did a bunch of home cooking. Yeah. It was really, we brought friends over God. to hang out.
0: The last meeting I, like, the last travel I did was to uh, come out uh, to see Rob and have a meeting where I was like, well, Austin, we're not even sure he's going to come to E3. Like, let's sketch out a diff- couple right. different plans of what E3 could be. Um, like, that was like, okay, let's, uh, I think we literally left, like, we should come up with a pitch deck so that marketing can understand what E3 is and maybe actually get it sponsored this year. And then, uh, like, three weeks later, the world shut down. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. that, yep. that sounds right. Fuck. Anyway,
4: we should take a break, and then we can come back and talk about some some other stuff. Patrick, i threw to you to talk about a video game that you played. Yeah, I got some. I just saw I was looking at this doc and was (laughs) like, (laughs) I have to
0: share this quote before I lose it.
4: Yeah, fair. All right. We'll be right back.
0: All right, we're back. Um, what is the where do we want to jump back in? Do you here? want to just talk about crying in front of a computer monitor instead? It's just like a hard y- Yes. Uh well, when I last <laughs> when I last uh last week I mentioned uh uh before your eyes, the the game um, in which you uh, blink in order to sort of interact with the world or progress uh scenes. And I believe I had mentioned like, oh, it's pretty short. Uh I I kind of pause before I feel like what is picking up uh, the end game. Um, and I think I also yep. mentioned that, Oh, it's like really neat. And I, I'm glad that they like uh, approached it from, from this way, but felt myself sort of like emotionally disconnected. Maybe it just didn't land. Maybe that is the the blinking. stuff. you know, I don't, I don't know. You know, cause I, you know, I watched the trailer and that's what got me interested. And I was like, Oh, this game is gonna do a number on me. And then uh, it didn't uh, really happen, but I still found it to be interesting. Well, then I played, like, the last 45 uh, Mm -hmm. minutes, um, which, uh, and I guess I would, you know, like, in the vaguest of terms, uh, like, you know, I would put, like, a heads up for, like, parents, but I I don't, I don't think this is, like, an exploitative story, but, like, there are profoundly sad elements uh, uh, to it, and so... Um, also
4: if you even if you want to skip ahead, there I'm sure there's timestamps in the description. So I'm not gonna t- Yeah, it. I'm not
0: gonna talk about what happens. Okay, um okay, um okay. And, and if for some reason you're interested in this and like you want me to just spoil it for you, like just send me a DM. Um, um I'm sure there are also walkthroughs, but if you just want me to like give you a broad sketch of what happens in the story, I-, I will just say um there is there is a perspective shift in the like the storytelling that happens in in the last uh, 45 minutes that is like like all of a sudden um it completely changed the way I looked at the, the the way you look at the first uh, hour of the game in a way that like, Oh, Oh, now I, all right. Now I understand my, there is a specific reason I had, like there is a, the story had a, they knew where they were going. Like when I was like, Oh, maybe I'm just disconnected emotionally because of the mechanics. Like, no, there is a, there is an explanation for everything. They, they have, they they have this really tidy um, little story. And uh, I don't, um, there is a thing that happened, like there's a, it all builds to this one moment, um, that is really uh, emotional. Uh, uh, and I was a wreck while watching it and it was, it was fast and I'll be writing about it cause it really struck me at the time was that this is a game that for the most part is like very restrained on like what happens when you blink, right? Like the, the, the metronome right. comes up and that progresses you forward. Um, there's an icon on the screen you blink at it, um, you know, using your mouse to, to press forward. Um, there is a, a thing that happens in the final sequence where it's almost like they realize, like, they know, they're like, all right, this is the gut punch. I, you're probably gonna be, like, reasonably upset while you're, like, watching this scene. And I'm, like, <laughs> crying, which is then prompting an enormous amount of blinking. Right. Um, and they account for that in what is occurring on the screen. Like, I without explaining, like, I don't want to even give away sort of, like, the storytelling, not trick, but like what, what, the, what they're playing with. But it's really fascinating. It's really cool. Like, like, like once I realized what was happening, that was just like, <laughs> made, made me cry even more because it was like really touching way to like finish the story. Um, And it went from, it ended up making the elevating what I thought was an interesting like kind of mechanical tech experiment into something that I thought was like really special and interesting. And um well yeah i would give you know a a broad like content warning to 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 parents i again i think in stories that you know use your imagination of you know what that can often involve um if you find yourself moved by those stories like even though i have two children i don't like shy away from that stuff i find them to be cathartic and emotionally interesting um like yeah know that going going into it but I, i i found it to be uh, something really special, and not just like ah, an interesting way to use a webcam to interact with a, a <laughs> mm. digital space. So right, awesome. Yeah, I'm glad that I'm eyes. glad
4: that, that turned out. I'm glad that, that turned out to be like a a thing that because because what you described to me last week or to us last week was like felt like it was like eighty percent of the puzzle. You know, mm. yeah. Uh, and so and when
0: let's... that when the twenty percent left clicks in, like the whole puzzle makes sense. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh. And again, had I had I had more time when I first played it. I would have probably would have done it from start to finish, but it was it was it actually was kind of interesting to have stopped it at this very obvious like, ah, we're about to begin the the the, the concluding sequence. Go back into that and just like get walloped uh in a in a way I did not uh expect uh, at all. So, mm-hmm. kudos totally. to that game. Um, and then I had to go up and like have lunch. I was like, are you "Okay." <laughs> I was like, well, are you good?" I mean, yeah, I am I'm, fi- I'm fine. <laughs> god i had a very emotional reaction to a video game downstairs
4: <laughs> um speaking of checking up on things rob have you kept digging into to judgment
2: yeah i have um it i am remembering why i ended up falling off yakuza uh which mm. is like the combat gets a little tiring uh um, a lot of it like i'm just walking around and it's like here's a bunch of thugs and for one thing i don't for some reason I think because Yakuza is funnier about it in some ways. Like, you're Yakuza. Of course, there's always other Yakuza who want, who want to kick your ass. Um, but, like, in Judgment, it's just like, I'm just a ex-lawyer. I'm just a dude. Yeah. And <laughs> you just, like, walk too close to a group of three dudes. And they're like, ah, time to kick this guy's ass. But then they're not they're, – they're useless enemies. You just You just, like, hit square, like, 20 times and you move on. And that doesn't help train you at all for the real fights right. um, where like you do need to know the combos, which are really poorly explained because the controls aren't great for these fights. In my opinion, like I don't think the, I do not think it's a well thought out combat system mm-hmm. and it really wants you to engage that combat system a lot. And a lot of the like key points in the chapters are like, here's a guy who is just going to, he's got a big fuck you up ability. Uh, that's going to stun lock you for like three, four minutes and you just watch your hit bar. Just get devastated. Your, your, uh, hit points bar, get devastated. And then you just try and never have that happen again. So like, I'm remembering what drives me off these games. Um, on the other hand, I still really like it. I'm on the trail of a serial killer. And like <laughs> I enjoy doing the P.I. bullshit where it's like, oh, man, tracking a cheating husband, uh, you know, got to got to follow him. But also it's so corny. Like it's very. Yeah. You're tailing people by like bouncing from cover to cover and like sort of peering out from behind obstructions. You're the most <laughs> That's just what P.I.s guy. do, Rob.
4: That's just what it, that's what it is to be a detective. Yeah, you take your phone camera out and look for clues. Sometimes, and sometimes you find a cat, and that's like an exciting moment in your day.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's um, God, some of the side characters too. Yeah, there's guys are like, oh, help me find the kitties, and I'm like, I don't know that I love some of these side characters. I don't know that. <laughs> like, is, I that,
4: the, is there a hacker you meet in that game, or am I thinking? Yeah, like you, the you're, your your homie's a hacker.
2: Like, your is it
4: like the hacker who like hangs in the in like the net cafe, basically the yeah. land center.
2: And then there's kind of a, um, what is what's the term for this? Um, I don't know. There's some sort of like parkour crime group doing crimes. Oh right, Right. there's a
4: parkour crime group.
2: Yeah, that's true. What are they called? They have have a
4: funny name, don't they?
2: Yeah, I can't remember. It's that, but that's also a goofy touch that's happening here. And so the game is starting to open up. I've gotten through the first trial, um, and the shape of the overall case is coming into focus. I think maybe what I'm encountering a bit is, um, so we're all familiar with the conventions of anime and we're all familiar with like how even more, a lot of more, even more serious anime will often have like the goof off episode or they will like do like a run of like main plot type stories or like a, uh, case of the week type story. And then it's like time to explore goofy side character and the whole vibe of the show shifts. And that's how you just learn to roll with where it's like, there is a different show within a show that unfolds sometimes. And you can get, we even talked a little bit about this with, uh, you know, Ava where, you know, it's a really heavy, like traumatic series in a lot of places, even there, you'll have kind of goofy teen shit happening for, for an episode. Um, I think what's weird about Yakuza is I think it follows that that vibe, and so does Judgment. And Judgment is even trying to be a more serious, like, weekly network TV crime procedural. It's kind of, there's like mentalist vibes to a degree. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But the problem is it's not like it can hive off or silo off the goofy slice of life comedy shit. And so the two things live uncomfortably side by side where you are just trying to get to the next you're just walking through the through Camorrocho to the next part of the main plot and it's like serious it's like you know your relationships with your friends are fraught um you are trying to prove yourself to the old law office you used to work you're pretty sure you yet you have yet again helped someone unjustly escape prosecution uh for being an accomplice to to a slaying and then just trying to get across town you'll be pulled into here's a quirky side character and that character that energy they bring would exist in a separate delineated space i think in the tv counterpart to this right but you whip it into the confines of, of a yakuza game and they just there's a whiplashy experience of going through these games. Um, and I'm, I'm 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 rolling with it. I think more it's the mechanical stuff that's probably wearing on me more. But the uh it's not just swings and tone, it's swings in writing quality and characterization too. Like goofy side characters in this tend to be real goofy, real broad. And not terribly interesting. And I'm just like, I guess I'm going to help them because there's this character has a meter next to them. And I want to fill that meter because I'm broken. Uh-huh.
4: <laughs> that's what, that, again, that's part of being a big, uh, a good detective, a big detective. That's what I was going to say. I'll commit to it. It's part of being a big detective is filling up the meters for all your clients and making them the like you.
2: Long goodbye is driven by the fact that Marlowe just has a really full friendship meter and it slowly drains out over the course of uh, the novel.
4: That's that's accurate. That's true. It's how you mechanize it. A hundred percent. Oh my god!
2: You know, Altman's Long Goodbye does have anime adaptation aspects to it. I thought <laughs> you were going to say
4: does have an anime adaptation out it there. It could. It could. I
2: could easily imagine it.
4: I would. I would watch it. Someone should <laughs> ma- just make that. Um. I. I. Yeah. I listen. I've been watching a lot of Ghost in the Shell. I'm. I'm in anime detective mode right now. I. I could. I could do some more of it. Uh, it's actually well, the basis
0: um, for Detective Conan Oh, okay, yeah, sure, of course <laughs> Very similar things um, Speaking of things Rob, that could, why don't you just play that game on an easier difficulty setting And just, like,
2: float through the combat
4: Patrick's got it, Patrick's ding, ding, ding I should do that You could do that Like,
2: then you just could do the story shit I mean, you know, It's not even that, but the thing is, it's not that hard Like, I'll do a fight twice, occasionally I know, but it doesn't sound like you're enjoying it Even when you are doing it But the fight <laughs> exists the, the, It's the existence <laughs> of the fight that is the problem
0: I agree. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yes. Like, and I doubt even on the PC that there was like a mod that's like no fight fights. removal. Yeah. Uh, turn into visual novel, please.
4: <laughs> God, Rob, what would your sick Yakuza tattoo be if you like swiftly removed a jacket to reveal that you were in your final fighting condition? Would it be like a tiger? Would it be like a jacket removal? It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Have you is that is that still in Judgment? Has anyone done jacket removal yet in Judgment?
2: Oh, it opens. Okay. You, so did you I not get to this part? I okay. got pretty far. I got like I got like three or four chapters. Let in me that just game, refresh just your like memory. Two years ago, yes, please. After your character is disgraced by being too awesome at his job, <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> which just really what it comes down to is mm. you just you kicked ass in the courtroom. And you feel bad about it because it went bad. Yeah. Um, and nobody was there to tell you, like, it just goes that way sometimes. So after that, it cuts to it looks like you've fallen on hard fucking times. Right. And your yes. guy is like okay. looking like a vagrant on the street, like unshaven, wearing ratty windbreaker, unfashionable, like decent clothes. But like he looks a bit ratty and he's tailing a dude. But while he's on the way, he runs into street punks. Oh no! And they're like, hey, you homeless bum! Hey, you sack of shit, old man! You know how dare you run into us? We're gonna kick your ass! And you guys are like, hey guys, just let it go. And they're like, no, we're gonna kick your ass because we're assholes. And he's like, all right. And he flings off the windbreaker to reveal a leather windbreaker. <laughs> he's wearing a leather jacket, like really similar clothes, and like. His hair gets done in that process, <laughs> right, <yeah>. too. Like <laughs> he he slings slings off the breaker. He's
4: hot, right? Yeah. Oh, he's no, like, oh I'm actually he's really a hot
2: boy. Yeah. It's so it, it's so good. So like he just reveals uh, that he's like a reason, like he's just a really fashionable like fifties motorcycle uh, like <laughs> idol. He's like James Dean, <laughs>
3: right? Like,
2: basically, he's like, oh, I was incognito, but boom. I'm the leader of the pack. <laughs> oh.
3: <laughs>
4: God, you should have a motorcycle in that game. Actually, you beat guys with it.
3: That's true. <laughs> you could beat
4: guys. You could beat guys with your motorcycle. That is the way that this series
2: does Just work. Just wingy Yamaha boomerang style down the down the block. God, that's um, my favorite part of a DMC five.
4: Yeah, yeah. Fair.
2: <laughs> uh,
4: anyone else want to touch on anything before we uh, start to? come towards the back end of this podcast. I say that because I don't know how much, who knows what the end of a podcast is anymore. Patrick, you
0: play anything else? There's a, a quick shout out to, I played half of, I think it's half of a game called, uh, say no more. Um, because <laughs> what, it wants you to say no, say was, no uh, more, say no, not like say, say no more, like say no more, more. There's an exclamation mark
2: after the no. I see. Um, that's my aesthetic- approach to new project ideas. That's why I tell myself <laughs> every week. Um, on Sunday night. I'm like, you know, you should do Zachney. Say no.
0: More, See, Rob, more. this is how you can, th- that's, you know, I forgot to tell you that is my my inbox cleanup tactic is I just write no and then I archive it and I just move on to the next <laughs> one. There's no context. <laughs> not sure what I'm, what I'm turning down. It's just no. Thank you. Know, I'm, <laughs> oh, I'm on to the next one. Um, <laughs> and it's, uh, man. So the aesthetic is really important to it and I would best describe it as, this is depending on the age of people in our audience, uh, incredible crisis a PlayStation 1 uh comedic game that was very WarioWare um-esque. um esque. Um was uh a a very Dreamcasty vibe. We're talking it's even Dreamcast. It's uh it's, it's like, like low, like po- low poly p- models, but yeah. um without the like pixelation. Like, you know, we got, got like full on, you know, anti-aliasing, like it's a very clean look, but with very blocky not block, not even, not, not even blocky, because Minecraft is blocky. I feel that's when you say blocky, We've people think Minecraft, and this is type of thing.
4: This so much feels like last week I described a game as feeling like a a N sixty four or GameCube game you'd rent. Yeah. This feels like a PS one game you would rent. That's yeah. just like in that weird, like what the fuck is this? Everything moves in really. All the animation is really like. Um, binary in terms of just yeah, like, it's like, it's like my hands no are going, going up,
0: down, up, down, up, down, up, down. Exactly uh, when uh, when uh, characters jump, like it's just two. like they just the the bottle just goes into the into the air. Um, right. So that's the aesthetic setup. The 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 uh, premise of the game is you are uh, one of three interns going to work for this uh, shitty corp, Um and uh, you meet your supervisor, and the supervisor's like, you need. You know, around here we say yes, you know, and um, the only interaction you uh, start with in the game, the only interaction that actually matters is that when you hit the space bar or what the equivalent is on – I see you, you – I, I didn't even realize it was on Switch. Um, yeah, apparently it's on Switch also. Uh, you know, whatever the button is, uh, you can say uh, – uh, yeah, you, or you you could say yes. Um, when the game starts, your character has not decided how they feel about things. And so when, when like your uh, roommate asks if you could help out with the, the rent, there's a, a meter at the bottom that is slowly closing. Um, and that is the period in which... Uh, you're supposed to you know consider an interaction or that you can hear more of the dialogue from the characters and he's like hey can you help me with the rent and like you hit the space bar and I thought it was going to say yes because I was like oh we're going to flip from yes to no and instead your character just goes like mm-hmm. "Like, well, he just doesn't want to deal with it it's just like mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about this and <laughs> so you didn't say anything doesn't even like the way it showed, like, the all that's like shown in the dialogue box is like dot, dot, dot. It's just like the character is like not wanting to interact with this. I, I got the vibe that maybe this has happened before. This person is not only really timely with the money and like your character. Oh, when you say want to
4: help with the rent, what you mean is your roommate said, uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't yeah. have it
2: yet. Yeah. You want to help yeah, me with okay. my rent? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Yes, that is. that Let is explain how it's going to help you. Uh, I can only cover part of my share of the rent. So really, if you want to live here, it's on you, honestly.
0: So you, you get into the, to the corp and you have these two interns who are, they're very excited. They're like, let's go, to say yes to climb the ladder, yes to uh, uh, to to advance. Yeah, you know, uh, and, and it's and it's all like very heightened, goofy. Like, hey, uh, you know, like we need you to go do some like crappy menial work. And these two interns are like, yes, like let's let's go do it. And your supervisor right off the bat um, tries to set the the tone of of this this yesing, which is, and you know what, you know, I if you have that, like you have a fancy looking lunchbox. I bet you got a fancy looking lunch in there what if I forgot my lunch? What if I need that lunch box? And I might ask that as your supervisor. And what are you going to say? And then like the meter goes down and your character goes like, R-r-r-r-r-r-r-r-r. like they doesn't know what they want to say <laughs> say yet. Um, uh, And then you sit down at your desk and there is just like happens to be like this tape nearby and you listen to it. And it's, it's a motivational tape. I think maybe left behind by a different intern or maybe it, like it is divine inspiration. But you get this sort of, you get transported to this dream, like you're listening to tape and like it transports you to this kind of like dream realm. And there's kind of like this wrestling figure, this this big, big macho motivational guy who's like, actually say no to everything. <laughs> and it's very funny and weird. And he teaches you your mechanic, which is that when you slap that space bar, you can say no. And if you hold the space bar, you can charge up your no and have a very powerful no that you can say to people. Um, and so that then the game kind of kicks off from there. You don't control anything. You're not like guiding, you're not exploring this office. You're not, uh, you are just like propelled on a path. Like there, you, a story is occurring in front of you and like uh, a character will come in front. Of you, he's like, get me coffee. Boom, no. And it's <laughs> like, you know, like help me with these papers. Boom, no. Um, and then you along the way, you start getting uh, taught uh, different techniques to try and humiliate people before you tell them no. And so, for on, on, in my case, on the keyboard, it's like on the D pad, it's like um, sarcastically laugh. And so it's like, you hold down uh, like left, and it's like ha, ha 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 no. And then you like, then you just keep going. And another one is a slow clap. So it's like just a no. And then like, and it's all like hyperkinetic, moving really fast, like. Uh, like characters are like when you're saying no, they're like being thrown through buildings. Like it's all <laughs> like very, very weird uh, and and over the top. Has str- again, I, I mentioned an Incredible Crisis because there was a period where you were getting a lot of like like early video game comedy was like coming out of Japan and it was, <laughs> it was games like incredible crisis. And a lot of these were happening in the PS one era. Like when we talk about like that era having like some strange strains of games, like th- that is, and we didn't even get a bunch of those games. Like that wasn't a, a period when a lot of these games came over here. This game was not, uh, I, I don't know where it was made. I know it was not, uh, in Japan. If someone could Google it while I continue to talk, uh, we could shout it I out. It. Um, but, uh, then you' you know then you get uh, uh, you'll get a uh, uh, oh and also the the laughter and clapping is how you like build up your charge meter. So you need to figure out like how you can humiliate someone that's asking you to do something ridiculous. And it's like, oh, this person doesn't like the laughing. this person doesn't like the clapping. That fills your charge meter, which then lets you do the the powerful uh, uh, laughs. And then also you get multiple kinds of la or multiple kinds of nos. You have a, a, a hot no, like a no, and like a cold no like no. And then there's a wacky no, like no, 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 uh, and like you can and then you scroll through those through like one with one through four on the keyboard, um, and doesn't make any difference. It's not. It's just like what do you feel? What are you feeling like? What you want your no to be during chapter four uh, or whatever? Um, and there's like some really fun. Uh, like there's definitely like a political lines like throughout this. Like there's a sequence where uh you're, like, tracking down one of your bosses and they were in a bunch of meetings where they gave, like, empty platitudes uh, but didn't actually inform any of those people in the meeting of, like... There were no, like, takeaways, like, <laughs> what they were supposed to go do to the jobs. And in one of them, you end up... um uh, but by just saying no, uh, you you actually prompt the group to like start a union, and they think like, oh, that's what my bosses want. Our bosses wanted us to be empowered, like to uh, make this place better. And then you leave, and like they go to start forming a union. Um, so there's there's <laughs> stuff like that. There's there's like very strong like like workers should be empowered, and like you know fuck the management class. It's not. It is both obvious without uh feeling like it's like shaking the stick at you about yeah, it. It's like yeah, very yeah. it's just very funny, but it is it is clear it comes from a place of you know labor empowerment and that that is a th- a political through line and a and a and a humor through line uh, of the story. Um I, I it seems like it's about 2 hours long. It's so limited in what you can do that like I played the first half and I was like I I can feel myself tiring on the mechanic but I'm really enjoying the story, and so what I should do is just like just not finish it, and just like come back, do it another night, like split yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right. It's not something that necessarily uh, lends itself to uh, a marathon session, even though it's not particularly long, um, just because again, the the mechanical interactions are ex- extremely uh, limited um, uh, on purpose. You know, that's the what, what the what they're going for. So it seems the kind of thing. It's it's built into discrete chapters, and it seems. I actually probably would have stopped earlier. Uh, I thought I was getting towards the end. I was like, "Oh, okay, I'll just play one more chapter." And then I looked at the chapter screen and I was like, "Oh, actually, I'm only halfway through." But yeah, it's uh, it's goofy and and fun and and weird. And I would I would recommend I would recommend it if you're looking. It's actually been one of the things that I, I usually at the end of the year I like, put out a tweet on like December first. It's like, what did I? Miss like, unfortunately, my job means I have to largely focus on the the big AAA games, um, and fit in the other stuff where I can. What do I need to catch up on? And because there's just not been nearly as much, you know, because I didn't care for playing Outriders. It's like, all right, like I don't really have them. Like I have near replicant, but I can't really talk about it for like another like two weeks. Um, so I need other things to play, and like it's I found myself spending more time with the kinds of games that i would like like i i keep a note of the games i play throughout mm-hmm. the year um and then at the bottom is like games to go back to and like that list is usually very long at the end of the year and this year it's like i'm i'm keeping up with you're more doing of that them. stuff yeah, you're playing because now. there is just there is just space um for me to to spend time with it in a way that uh otherwise i wouldn't i mean I don't know when I'm getting it. I expect I might have like RE8 by the end of the week. And then, you know, what I just said, like, you know, (laughs) that gets blown apart. But, uh, cause it actually seems like there's a bunch of game. There's actually a decent number of games coming out in the next month, even though, uh, Deathloop got delayed. It's like Returnal, Ratchet and Clank, Resident Evil 8. I'm
4: very curious about Returnal. As Um, like, that studio has done some really cool arcadey things. And I feel like that's either going to be great
0: or just, like, yeah. distressingly totally. mediocre. Um, yep. And there's, like, Can't no Can't wait to find out no which. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, anyway, so, say, 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 did you find where it was Studio made?
4: Fizbin are from Germany. They're
0: from there you Germany. Go. Um, there you go. So, oh, and I, uh, one uh, fun part about it is at the beginning, there's a character creator. They uh, So you can make your exploited intern of choice. And... <laughs> Uh, there's like a whole full customization menu, or there's like a bunch of sort of you know uh, ones they've already created, and then uh, you get to choose your language of no, and there are multiple voices, so you want to shout no in German, in French. Japanese like pick your choice like it's not even like like change your language it's like you just want to say no in a different way like go for it um and like it's a big list that you scroll through and it That's was just fun. actually just fun to just like hear no said in uh you know a dozen different languages or whatever so <laughs> say no more it's say it's, no more it's, it's very very say entertaining no more. Say, say, say no more yes, say, no. say yes to say no more oh wow great thanks
4: <laughs> say yes say no more um let's let's take a quick dip in the in the question bucket which again has been filled with food uh, as people continue to All respond right. to us gaming gaming <laughs> at advicecom do is we the need a, do we
0: need instead of a second email maybe <laughs> Foodgamesadvice.com?
4: Um, we've got some we've got some stuff in here that I think is interesting and fun uh, Colton writes in and says um Highway Point, hope this email finds you okay. Which mm. is a weird way to start an <laughs> okay. email, honestly. Uh, listening to your recent podcast, where you talked about unfortunate situation of finding yourself eating a meal which your friend prepared and having to navigate the ordeal of said meal not being good. This reminded me of a neat little trick I always have when, or I always use when I know I'm about to have a meal at a friend's place. I simply skip the meal prior. If I'm heading to my mate's place for dinner, I'm skipping lunch. Upon arrival, my hunger sets me up to enthusiastically and honestly enjoy their meal, no matter its quality. Mm. Only on one occasion did I have to put in the effort, which is when my partner's aunt presented me with a warm, verging-on-hot salad with grapes. It was weird. Anyways, take care, be safe, love what
0: you all do. (laughs) A hot salad with grapes. What does that mean?
2: Like, was it microwaved?
0: No, (laughs) so there's...
2: (laughs) There's roasted dishes that like are like, it's like a roasted salad, like like know, arugula, olive, um, right. And chicken. Like, this is a great meal and it is served hot and it's not weird. It's delicious.
4: I hadn't thought about that. I, I would. Yeah, I guess that is like a salad. Huh? Yeah. Okay.
2: Mm. It but, could just be like <laughs> it, But if you're like grapes aren't warm. Oh, this is the
4: thing. My mind be. does say grapes aren't warm. Yeah. I do yeah. like a crisp.
1: Grape yeah. is the thing. What so, happens to a grape when you warm it? Does
2: it get soft? Uh, it does soften. It becomes less crisp, but it also it's sweet, becomes less sugary. Um yeah. and to a degree, like you do have a little like caramelization in the uh in the mm. roasting pan. Mm. So it becomes like a slightly darker sweet. Um plus though, juxtaposed against the salty uh like tang of the olives. Uh it's pretty great.
0: I don't want to warm grape. I'm good. You're selling <laughs> me on it though. Now I'm gonna make this
1: for you. <laughs> Rob, yeah, Got you
2: want to come come visit? Well, you I can. might be I might have business in Chicago. Uh, that sounds <laughs> more ominous than I mean it to, but I might have business in Chicago. Rob, like and then business uh, is making quit.
1: you a warm salad.
0: <laughs> so Rob's gonna finish judgment and realize there's a, a career shift is uh,
1: <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> is on the way. This one comes from Olivia, who
4: says, "Hello, Waypoint. My fiance puts honey on his ice cream." He makes stranger meals all the time, but this one genu- genuinely baffles me. Isn't ice cream sweet enough already? It's not like he has a massive a sweet tooth. He claims to, quote, like the texture. Do <laughs> you have any thoughts about mm-hmm.
0: this? How's that different than putting, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, anything on ice cream? Yeah. yeah like, it's an, that's that's like part a of spirit. a. Yeah.
1: Honey's so thick
4: and like. So is good syrup. So is caramel. Yeah, I
1: guess caramel
2: is. Yeah, I get syrup. is thick. I mean, caramel is thick th-
1: as you get. <laughs> caramel's just fucking sugar, like, right?
2: Also, there's so many different honeys.
1: Yeah, there are different like honeys. you can get. Some, we
2: underutilize honey. You can really get some out there honeys uh, that are like <laughs> are <really fascinating. laughs>
4: Rob Zaki is only, someone only in the please, some out there. Honey. Please
0: excerpt that and just do something with it. I don't <laughs> know. Use
4: your that. imagination. There's some
0: real out got there,
2: honey. Okay, so I have no idea if they survive COVID or not. no, the honey? Pe- no, not like the people. living. I'm saying the business. Let me finish. So, I like. I'm scared to Google this because I'm hoping like the business might be gone. But um <laughs> in somewhere between him. actually we would have God. walked right walked right past it uh that night because it is in fact between squares. Uh but like near Harvard Square in Cambridge, uh in a little like walk-down storefront was a honey shop. And you could tell there was a honey shop there because they had a little like cute carved bear outside um the whole thing, like the sign for the shop. Because you know, bears love the honey. Mm-hmm. But like it was it was like, what's the way to put this? Um, it was like a wine shop for different honeys, basically, of the world. <laughs> and until I went in there, I was like, how different? Come on, really? How different could honeys be? And the answer is exceptionally so. And uh, <laughs> it was, I, I was kind of shaken.
4: Rob Zachney's world of honeys. Um <laughs> We got a follow-up here, and I don't... I think it's like... I I forgot that location
0: in in Final Fantasy VII remake.
4: Uh. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Uh... They did a good job with it. Um, <laughs> Kent writes back in and says, uh, "Maybe it's a bit of a faux pas to respond to my own question days after asking it, but I just remembered something, so here we are." Uh, Kent was the person who wrote in uh, about the uh, 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 their fiance liking whipped uh, ice cream, mm, um, yeah. which which lined up with some. I think who else liked
0: it? was it me? Patrick yeah, yeah. yeah. A, I don't. All right, don't well, know this one's weird, different. But this
4: one's this is. I, Kent, you should have led with this. The number of times. Um, uh, this has actually been made. is fairly small, but they've been memorable. My fiance invented something a while mm. back that she calls potato chip crispies. Okay. You take the stuff that settles to the very bottom of the bag of potato chips after you've eaten all the decent sized chips. So We're talking about small bits of chip seasoning and salt. Basically, you pour it into a bowl and then you pour milk over it like cereal. <laughs> Every time we've done this, it's been with plain salted potato chip as opposed to something. With color like a Dorito, so they resemble Rice Krispies
0: a bit, hence the name.
4: I've it's thought- actually not as bad as it sounds, so long as you know what you're getting into. But it's definitely out
0: there. I thought I was going somewhere beyond yeah. that, like where it was in a mixing bowl.
2: No, like like, uh, nope. I was like, yeah, okay, so they're gonna make like potato chip bark, like a little tempered yeah. chocolate, nope. a little. Oh man, no. that, that sounds like fun. <laughs>
4: you poured it in the bowl. Put yourself some two percent on top. Get yourself a spoon. Okay, there's not even I enough
2: don't at the bottom. Not, of, that's the thing I, there's not I'm not enough. against the idea Austin I can get with it Okay, fine. You want to you want to have a cereal bowl full of potato chips fine go with God But the there's residue of the bag. There's not enough You're just fucking up a glass of milk. If this happened by accident. You'd be like, oh, no, I need a new glass of milk Wait in this scenario are you pouring the chips into a glass?
4: Yeah. That would be that might be preferable. Oh, Honestly, God. you put them in a glass, oh. you put the milk on, you can just drink it really quick. Sure. If you if that's what you have to do, to feel good about not
0: wasting the chip crumbs. Yes, yeah, eco friendly uh, approach oh. to, to to chip consumption.
1: Honestly, the the most upsetting thing to me is that this is cold. I don't know why, but if you warm that milk up, I feel like this would be normal.
2: <laughs> why? So oh, okay, I, don't know. I suppose if you warmed up the milk and frothed it. Yeah, maybe. (laughs)
1: Uh, Well, to be fair, to be fair, there's a Colombian dish called changua, which is basically an egg, some cilantro, uh, not cilantro, uh, um, what's the other thing? Green onions chopped in there and salt, and, like, it's a warm milk soup. Like, the base is milk. And, like, that's where my brain went. I was like, savory milk things? Oh, I've had it, but it's got to be warm for it to feel right. Hmm. (laughs)
2: Hmm. Are you sure hmm. you're not leaving some seasonings out of that description?
1: No, it it's that? very simple. It's very, it's basically just salt and the. Do I mean, you like you, it? Is it good? You, are you? Yeah, like, it's mm. delicious. Okay, um, yeah, you you uh, you drop the egg in and cook it while the 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 meat the the milk is hot. So just uh, it cooks in there. Okay. You drop some bread in there too. Sometimes you can like, let okay. It soak. Okay.
2: Yeah, so you get like a bit of a custardy type thing yeah, going on there. It's good.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Cold, cold, savory milk, though, does feel weird still.
2: I just started thinking about how bad I could go for some, especially on a day like this, I really go for some, like, champarado. That's, that sounds Mm. real good.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Math in Austin, Texas writes in, Hi, Waypoint Radio. I've enjoyed the recent food bucket discussions. Recent breakdowns on separately sandwiches and microwaving certain meals raised the question for me. Do you ever microwave your sandwiches? I eat a lot of sandwiches for lunch because I'm not super into cooking, and they tend to be simple. A nice scratch-made bread from the bakery and good deli meat and cheese plus some uh, sriracha. But the key is I microwave the sandwich for about 30 seconds before I eat it. This melts the cheese and allows me to pretend I'm eating a hot meal for lunch instead of just bread and cold cuts again. But without the time, hassle, or setup of having to toast the bread or do a grilled cheese, not practical in, for example, an office environment. Is this weirder than I realize? (laughs)
3: Mm-hmm.
4: I think it's about as like weird I-
2: as you think,
1: <laughs> <laughs> which isn't very. <scary. laughs> yeah, it Wait, isn't. I- it's a little weird, it's a little, but it's not that weird. It's just that's not going to be good for your for your bread at all,
2: or your right? condiments. That's the thing. No, like, yeah, not you every put the condiment, condiment likes being nuked. No. no. Yeah, yeah,
4: I would worry about the bread. The bread is the thing that like it can get spongy and like like Like, not rubbery but bouncy in a way
2: that's not what I want for my bread.
1: This person just needs a toaster oven. Like this is your perfect. No, no, they're in an
2: office. They don't. They don't have time for that. They don't. Our office space had a
1: toaster oven. I should. Okay,
4: I'm not. I'm not. I. I I need to make sure I'm not going to dox this person. One second. (laughs) I might. I might not be able to say the thing. Yeah, I can't say the thing that I want. Here's what I'll say. Based on this person's email address and signature, Mm -hmm. they're in a high-stress work environment with limited, uh, I I can imagine it not, I can imagine their days being very busy. Sure. And maybe they only have a toaster or a They don't have that bread toasting
2: life that they're, what, you expect them to, like, open a little, like, one-person Quiznos, like, right there for themselves in the middle of their day? No.
4: Hey, is Quiznos done? Or do they just rapidly un, like like I think they became
2: a literal down. case study for overexpansion of okay. a franchise <laughs> <Okay>. and <laughs> like literally went from being a beloved Rocky Mountain like sandwich chain to being yeah. a national case study in how you destroy a brand. There's, like, not a Queens within, or Queens, geez, there's
4: not a, quiz. there's, like, one Quiznos in Queens or something at this point. Hmm. And it's very far from me. And I would just love, I would like to go to a Quiznos again. I haven't been yeah. to one in, like,
3: oh, six around.
4: years. Um, I could go into the city to get to a Quiznos. There are any oh, puppies so here? But-
2: Quiznos is alive and well in Massachusetts.
4: Hmm. Actually, wait. Permanently closed. Close, closed. Closed. Arl- pa- I think Valley Quiznos wait, is out Valley of New York. Way That's more a lot of out permanently
2: here. closed. Shit. Is Quiznos, Quiznos is dead? This is what I'm trying to figure out. Did Google's they kill top Quiznos? Result doesn't say they're dead.
4: Hmm. Rob, I'm you gotta get on the case.
0: Now.
4: Rob, yeah. Can you uh, can <laughs> My, you report <laughs> back on investigation
0: one sh- to be had? I have My, to go to The one nearest to me. Says it's open. The closest
4: ones to me are in New Windsor, New York, at an airport. Don't even know where that is. Uh, and then Trenton, Trenton, New Jersey is the other closest one. I can't even go to Long Island for a Quiznos anymore. Fuck. There was a Quiznos on the road that would, it, there was like a big highway, basically or not a highway. It was like a major, a major road um, uh, that, that kind of went east to west near where I went to, to college. And on the the road that it intersected with that went to the, bowling alley where I took my bowling class in senior year, there was a Quiznos right on that corner. And so we would go to bowling class. And Mm -hmm. then more often than I'd like to admit, I would skip my next class after that to get Quiznos (laughs) with my friends (laughs) instead of going to whatever class that was. Probably math. It was probably math class, a class that I skipped like 18 times in my (laughs) senior year. It was a mistake. I got whatever. I I passed all the tests. It was fine. It was like... Compulsory, whatever the lowest level math class I had to, I could take was because I was throwing myself at English and philosophy classes. So uh, anyway, I miss Quiznos. I've I got a lot of love in my heart for Quiznos.
1: They had 4700 locations in two thousand seven. Uh, apparently, that dropped to four hundred in twenty seventeen.
2: look at the same article I am. Yeah. Kinda, wow. <laughs> the history of the Quiznos collapse. <laughs> wow. Let me tell you. The bottom part of that wiki page goes to some dark fucking places, by the way. Uh, like the franchise model was super toxic and explicative. Oh, sure. And like the stories there are dire. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Quiznos, not a healthy uh, business. But, um, but I got a question here. And this
4: maybe will be our, our last one here. This one comes in from Waz, who writes in. And says, "At what time of the day is it too late to drink coffee? Does this change from day to day?"
2: See, this is just Waz trying to get us to talk about how we're aging. This is—I don't trust this shit. Because <laughs> uh, the I answer have to has changed myself from this.
4: I mean, it's definitely changed, but I'm still living an unhealthy coffee life compared to most. I would say.
2: All right, where's your cutoff? Where's your cutoff, folks? I don't
0: want to talk about it. I—I
2: I will have p- the
0: yeah oh four p.m. is four p.m. is the last. One. But I will say it's not because uh like it will keep me up like coffee doesn't do that to me like I will still crash normally and can go to sleep. um I feel like Codo was mentioned in the past that if he has it too late, it like fucks him yeah i i up. will
1: I will stay up till three when normally i yeah been so that doesn't happen,
0: <laughs> but usually i I have like two and a half cups as over the course three cups over a course of a day, and then if I like if I'm like. If, like just dragging at the end of the day. And I know that I like need the energy for the kids at the end of the day. I don't want coffee. Like it's not doing anything for me. So we actually have, we have the tiny Coke zeros, like those little mini cans. Cause I don't want a whole fucking Coke. Like that's just too much <laughs> sugar, but I basically need like, to, like to shotgun blast my body. Uh-huh. <laughs> and those tiny little Coke cans, they do They are, they 100% do the trick. So I have one of those. If it's like five o'clock and it's like, well, that coffee well shit, that didn't do anything. I'm still on a downward uh descent and I'll have one of those and I'll make it through, you know, dinner time and putting the kids to to bed. But yeah, usually four o'clock. I'm not like I've I've never but I have never been a late night coffee
2: person. Um so, I, I feel
0: like we're about to learn from Rob and Austin <laughs> some wildly different Well, uh, so
2: I think Austin Austin and I are now on two different sides of a divide. I yeah. used to be able like I used to be like People talking about I can't have coffee after X was just like people speaking in tongues to me. I was like, I do not understand what you're talking about. Like (laughs) the experience of just being bathed in caffeine and nicotine was just so like familiar to me that I was like, of course you go to sleep. I can sleep at any time. It doesn't matter. (laughs) And at some point in like the last five years, it isn't like coffee gets me too wired, but it is just like. If I have coffee after 5 o'clock now, this is what I've learned, wow. 5 is my heart cut off, because if I have coffee after 5, come like 11, midnight, I'll just be awake. Sleep won't even, it's not like, it's not insomnia, it's just the things that make you decide, hey, I'm getting a little tired, I want to go to bed. They just don't happen. And so I'm like, I'm I'm good to keep going. But I started doing the math where I was like, but I do like getting up in the morning. So it'd be really helpful if I started feeling a little sleepy sometime before Mm -hmm. 3am. I blame my parents.
4: Uh, um, I accuse my parents. Uh, My, my like mom and stepdad and my like dinner time situation Ten. I, I. When do y'all have dinner? What is your dinner time on average? Mm, well, it's different. I, 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 okay.
0: Yeah, that, that's what it used to be for us, and now it's like five thirty because we try to eat with the kids. Yes. Yes. Like eight
4: or nine normally. for me.
2: It's become more like uh, six or earlier, seven.
4: right? So yeah, I think I, I've always been like a seven seven thirty dinner, and then after that, my mom and my stepdad will put on a pot of coffee that is half decaf. Half, half.
0: Yeah, half I've, that's I've Ugh. I've been around and those environments before. That's I, but but that common. the
4: half and half is new. Growing up, it was full fucking <laughs> blast. Yep. Eight, okay. So my mom is a poet who stays up late who blasts music until 2 a.m., right? Like, this is the world I – this is who I am. It's, <laughs> it's how I was shaped. I was shaped in this forge. And so that was, like, normal for me once I started drinking coffee when I was, like, late high school mid, – mid to late high school is when I started drinking coffee probably, right? Um, uh, and so I was like, yeah, I'll have a cup of coffee. Uh, and then I went to college, and the thing is I wasn't – I didn't have a coffee machine in my room or in my dorm, but I was – not sleeping <laughs> and so at 2 or 3 a.m. I was like I'm not a, I'm not gonna fucking sleep anyway I'm gonna go walk to the 24 hour Dunkin Donuts and get a cup of coffee mm. and then come back and play some video games until my first class at 7 or whatever 8 or 9 and then just didn't sleep um, and so that was a whole different era of late night I've, there's no such thing as an era or a time when I wouldn't drink coffee so I'm barely sleeping anyway or I'm getting my most of my sleep comes after my morning class before my late afternoon class or whatever because college Austin just didn't live on human time Um, grad school me would drink coffee until the coffee shop closed basically right because like that's I lived at various coffee shops in and around the places I was doing grad school and so that meant being there and being a paying customer and having a hot drink with me that was always caffeinated which often meant (laughs) until like 10 p.m. Uh, I would that'd be my last cup for the night. And that's late. You yeah. know, um, now I tell myself now. I mean, the last year has been interesting, right? Because it's like there's not that pressure to have a drink at a place and I'm working from home. And so I'm not going to put coffee on at 9 p.m. anymore. It's just not a thing I do anymore. Um, but if I'm out for a walk, you know, I, I, I think the latest I would put coffee on at home at this point is around five or six. Um, and that's one. It's like, you know. One cup of coffee, maybe maybe one and a half cups of coffee or something (laughs) like maybe two cups of coffee. Uh, But if I'm out for a walk and I walk to, you know, and it's, it's 9 p.m. and the cafe is still open or whatever, I might just quickly grab a cup of coffee still. Um, uh, I have cravings for it late at night still like bad. Mm. There are lots of times it will be 10 PM. I'm like, I would just fucking, I would crush a cup of coffee right now. I've been a very good adult. I've not made it because I know it will ruin my sleep schedule even more than it already is. Um, but it is, it is warm and comforting to me. And uh, I do miss living that life. So I have not totally crossed over to where you are, Rob. Like, 5 p.m. to me sounds impossible. Like, I do need a jolt to get – I do need a jolt for that final, like – back half of the of the day but that's also where i get my work my most work done anyway that's mm. when i settle into writing mode it's when i settle into research mode prep mode whatever it is i'm doing my best hours are from like 6 p.m till 3 a.m and so that's when i actually need it the most i didn't drink I, I haven't drank coffee yet this morning because i just wake up and do the podcast it's fine right um but if i have to like do harder uh. work and like need my attention to be more focused i that's that and that tends to be at the end of my days so
2: so I love late night coffee, evening coffee. So like, this is where I finally crossed into, I need to find decafs. I like, um, just, you know, counterculture is a, uh, coffee roaster. I like, they make a really good decaf that like presses the coffee button really well without keeping me up. So like hmm. it, right. cause it turns out like once I did decouple it where it's like, I'm not working late. Like I'm just going to accept that. Hey, I get tired. I get less sharp. I don't need to keep trying to pursue productivity to like all hours. Once I decoupled that, I was like, yeah, it turns out I still really like curling up with a cup of coffee at night. Yeah. Um, it just needs to not be caffeinated. Yeah. Dude. I should
4: just get on the decaf tip. Like I just need to commit to that and learn to love it. It's just, I do love that jolt. I do love that little <laughs> burst. Um, It, it doesn't, it, do, it does not yet keep me up in that way to where I where a 9 p.m. cup is disastrous, but that's because I'm not going to bed until two or three most nights anyway, right? It just lines up like that. So in some ways, I think I found what my honest equilibrium is, you know? <laughs> um, do
1: any of you all have any people in your life who are the type that will drink a cup at like 11 and fall asleep in like the next hour? That That can be me if I'm tired enough.
4: Um, And that's how I was for decades, like from from 15 till 32 or whatever. Right. Like that was my my dad throughout
1: my entire childhood, which was bizarre. I was like, well, how are you drinking coffee at 11 p.m. and being asleep by 1130? And he (laughs) makes like proper coffee. Yeah, it's a fucking weak ass coffee. Like fucking the mocha whatever, (laughs) like strong shit and it was just like yeah i'm I'm gonna have a tintico before i go to bed i'm like before you go to bed um sure i guess and uh, bodies are weird man it was wild
4: um and brains i feel like i feel like a lot of it is is we get into patterns that like make us comfortable enough to fall asleep right totally
2: well And also, I think there's just a huge element of acculturation, too, where, like, how people expect a thing to hit them will affect how they engage with it. Um, If coffee is just kind of a, eh, I'm not drinking for the stimulant aspects; It's just a drink I like. Maybe it gets easier to just, like, you know, take a little nap. My parents, they drink coffee all day, but they make the weakest bathwatery coffee. Uh, Sure. Um, To give you an idea of my parents' coffee culture... Gloria Jeans was a big deal for them back in, like, the 90s. Um, You guys familiar with Gloria Jeans? No. So, this chain, I'm not even sure they're around as much anymore, but Gloria Jeans was, like, in this in-between phase. where They're um, around and they're making K-Cups now. That, that... Super. Is um, that track
4: actually? Yeah. Okay. yeah. So
2: Gloria Jeans falls between like the um, oh, like yeah, I espresso see. revolution that like Starbucks ushered in and the, you know, just your cup of your um, Folgers era of coffee culture, like that predated that. Gloria Jeans comes in the middle where they're like, hey, what about flavored coffees? And they were in all these mall kiosks where you That's, go to Gloria yes. Jeans. The store, it smelled amazing. I could
4: see the Auntie Anne's behind it in my head. Yeah. You know what
2: I mean? Oh, yeah. And you can smell the Auntie Anne's. And the smell of the <laughs> dough is mixing with the smell of the sure. flavor oils that are just dumped into these coffee roasts. And it's like, oh, do you want some Irish cream flavored uh, coffee? Do you want some, you know, w- would you like some uh, cinnamon chocolate coffee? And this was mind-blowing to my parents. Um <laughs> And so they, they, they got really into this for a while. But they also never made strong coffee. And it took me years to realize why I didn't like coffee. And it was possibly because it was always like maybe half as uh, dark as it should be. Like, like the, the ratio was way off. Yeah. And so my parents drink coffee all day. And it, it, it fucks me up when I go back because there's always coffee on. And it's always the most watery, like, yeah, coffee adjacent substance, and frequently still very like flavored. And it's it's weird. Now I'm conditioned to be like, this is home, this is comforting. I was like, I is like, there like there this some comforting
4: nostalgia to it almost.
2: Yeah. What if you just also
4: categorize it as not coffee in your head? What if it's like, you know what I mean? Like the same. You know the way that like Taco Bell is Taco Bell and not it's not like mecha but i want mexican food i don't want taco bell yeah i mean i don't like taco bell anyway so that's like an outlier but that's a thing i hear people say all the time so i'm just gonna repeat I've it said as that on this true. podcast for sure right yes <laughs> um uh what if it's like that where you're like this isn't coffee but it is warm home drink
2: <laughs> that's warm and that's what i think kind of is like i'm <laughs> I'm confident there's a lot of caffeine that my parents are taking on, but like again, I don't think it registers as a stimulant for anyone involved. And so it's just kind of, yeah, of course you just have warm, cozy home drink all day. Um That's part of and what then you, you just pass out. Warm that home. That sounds drink all right. In
4: your cup. I thought we were done, but I actually got one more here that's I need. I, also, us- I
0: also have an image to curse us before we go, but please. I re- also I'd have an image. We'll have to. Okay, we'll paste them at the same time, and then we'll uh, we'll we'll see what happens.
4: Okay. Uh, well, mine is from an email, so oh, should, okay, never mind. I right, do your. Yeah, email. You could save yours. Highway yeah. Point Cruise from Martin. Uh, I've been enjoying the food takes the last few weeks, particularly the sandwich discourse. I thought I'd tell you about a sandwich. That I think could be the answer to some of these concerns I've heard about getting your hands dirty, having to touch meat, etc. See image below. Email continues below. I'm going to put this image in here. This is a smorgasbord. Uh, directly translates to sandwich cake, a Swedish specialty for all occasions. That's not. You may be thinking I've picked a particularly absurd <laughs> image of it. But I assure you a quick search will reveal that they all look like this. I've been served this at office parties, birthday parties, graduations, weddings, etc., <laughs> and it's eaten with a knife and a fork. If you ever found yourself unable yeah, to okay. fit all the good stuff you want on your sandwich, this is a great option. <laughs>
1: um, do you want to, someone want to describe what we're lemon looking at? Wedges? We are looking at what seems to be a multi-layered bread situation um, yeah. that is uh, being ringed by half slices of either cucumber or zucchini. Can't quite tell. On top of these layers of bread, that have some sort of um, mayonnaise-looking like thing in between the, the couple of layers, there there is um, some ham. Yeah. You know, uh, some lemon slices that have been twisted, some lemon twists, some grapes, uh, a shit ton of grapes. <laughs> shrimp, like cocktail shrimp and I'm some red peppers like whatever small. in your is mind that red is like peppers? it's not a sprinkling no they dumped a bucket it is mostly shrimp <laughs> i should have started with the shrimp, shrimp. yeah <laughs> uh pars- is that parsley and tomatoes um i think those are red peppers yeah i, I, I was, thought red peppers first too because of the color but you look you no, can see some of the of some of them look, yeah,
4: yeah yeah uh-huh
1: that's tomatoes tomatoes oh. yeah
4: Wikipedia says that uh, Smorgas Torta uh, – and I looked up how to pronounce it. If I'm pronouncing it wrong, it's, I'm, it's the the uh, pronunciation guide lied to me – is normally made up of several layers of white or light rye bread with creamy fillings in between. The fillings and toppings vary, but egg and mayonnaise are often the base. Additional fillings may vary greatly, but often include one, one or more of the following. Liver pate, olives, shrimp, ham, various cold cuts, caviar, tomato, cucumber, grapes, lemon slices, cheese, and smoked salmon. Um, (sighs) smorgasbord is served cold and cut like a dessert cake. The types of sandwich cakes vary from meat and fish combinations, cheeses and meats to vegan. The top garnish often reflects the ingredients used in the filling. Whew! This is a, this is a whole fucking thing. Did you... Are you, you cut it and eat it with a fork and knife.
1: Yeah, fork are and you knife expected it. to eat the fucking, like, lemon slices and shit? Like, all of it's tossed in as if it were, like, regular. But some of these things are not meant to be chewed, like, lemon rind. <laughs> I bet you removed the lemon rind. I'm Maybe not,
2: I'm not happy with this.
1: <laughs> I'm
4: sorry, Rob. The world is filled with pleasures.
1: You know, I would be into this if, I think the grapes, it's white grapes, by the way, specific. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I can see the idea there. They're a little tartar. But I still think that's the thing that's throwing me off this. Otherwise, I'd probably like, I'd be digging in, you know, I'm so upset,
0: but he's going to make it. <laughs> uh-huh. He's like, how do
4: I make this? mine? I see some deviled eggs out here from Ooh. doing searches.
2: Damn. Yeah. Maybe I maybe I just don't like this. Torta, like that <laughs> amount of cold, like micro shrimp just is alarming. Cold shrimp. I don't like <laughs> remember that Admiral Akbar cereal thing on robot chicken. Now with more crab meat, <laughs> um, this this kind of seems like that.
1: God, uh, yeah, so it's a lot stuff.
2: It's a lot. Um,
4: okay, Rob or paste, Patrick, what is your I'm gonna, image I'm gonna, before we before this. we go?
1: No, no. This
0: comes in from uh Lucy uh, Lucy James. She uh she's a uh a, a host and producer at Gamespot. Apparently, this went around to uh, some games. That, Writers, I did not. I was not blessed with this email. Um, but uh, I thought was, you meant that uh,
4: Lucy was sending this email around. I, I was no, sure. I was on, on Twitter. I was like, Lucy, what happened?
0: <laughs> Why? <laughs> you know, look, lots of people leave to write. You know, become PR people out of the game space, but you have to do. Uh, yeah. So there's, uh, there is. So the headline is: Experts reveal shocking video of what our hands could look like if they evolved for gaming. Um, and there's an attached image, no. um, in which uh, you know, uh, your fi- you know your fingers that'd be you know gripping on the L one and your index L2, and middle fingers, the index and middle fingers have become like et, um, <laughs> just extremely, uh, long. But the rest of the hand has not, um, and is is otherwise proportioned, you know, relatively normal to what you would expect from a hand. But these fingers have gotten ext- extremely big, so you can hit those, am- you know, get those, get those, get those. Get those buttons i have this email do not fear homo i found it (laughs) i found the email and here's
4: the thing the thing that the reason i had to find it was because if if you look at the it says shocking video of what our hands could look like oh that's a good point oh no i need to find a video i see mine says image maybe they said video and oh nope i found the video (laughs) Here we go. Oh, no. Here we go. This is on YouTube. Hand evolution. No. Ah,
1: No. In the future. (laughs) Click. This is
4: not how things work.
0: 20 views.
4: Casino review experts uh, show how evolution within our hands in the next 50,000 years could be the key to being better gamers. This is a nightmare. Also, thumbs are Bigger. Yeah. And more bulbous. No, Experts are. say the increase in buttons on controllers mean our hands need to do more work. This is just I'm not saying the brand that did this, because this whole thing is about conning people like us to saying their name into yeah, a no, microphone. No, no,
2: no. You want to do the Google work, you could do the Google work, but right. so the So little finger would
4: seed. Oh my god. That uh-huh. We would
2: live in a world <laughs> was, where people yeah. would choose their mate based <laughs> yeah. on your ability to handle the Duke Xbox controller. <laughs> And like, it oh, it? I'm sorry. Oh. You're using a you're using a PS5 DualShock. Mm, nope. Sorry, little man. Uh, Absolutely get me, not. Bring me that <laughs> that chat over there with the <laughs> large controller.
4: There is an image in this thing that these images are nightmare.
1: What?
0: No.
1: No. <laughs> oh. The little ones.
0: <laughs> how is- how quickly does this happen? Fifty thousand years. Oh, this is, where, oh.
4: <laughs> this is the thing. This is yeah. why I'm like it's nothing. And they have,
0: think, they have an image here of cyberpunk. It's like, oh, around then, that, that game will be fully playable, finished, <laughs> ready to ready to go, ready to go. The new uh-huh. gamer hands of the future. Oh uh, well, thank you
4: for ruining my day, Patrick. Where can people find you on Twitter? <laughs> At Patrick Klupec. Shout outs to also the Lucy James games on Twitter for, yeah. for uh, bringing uh,
0: shout outs to, I had a cool, I did uh, I send features to Rob and then they appear on the website Ooh. at different times. Um, <laughs> and that's not a criticism. I just, I just fire them off and he schedules them. But I, I had this uh, cool feature about a game called uh cruel world, um, which was uh, a, a game designed uh, by a designer, Droken D R O Q. Uh, en um in which the they ex- it was for a uh game jam uh, recently um in which the games were like it was for a- like hey uh, April 1st but like what if we you know make games that uh like a, a little broader than just like trying to trick people with jpegs um and uh, in this case it was a game in which it's a it's a platformer a v- it looks yeah, very simple looking platformer um but there are, are terminals um spread throughout Um, And those terminals can give you clues on how to get through a room um, or they can uh, be a a save point at times. um, And you have to hack them in order to get access to either the save point or to uh, the clue. Um, And the problem is that as you hack it, um, in order to maintain uh, – to continue using it throughout the the duration of your playthrough or if you want to use it, if you quit and come back, you have to claim co-ownership over uh, the terminal – Um, And every time you do that, you make it uh, longer for the next person to hack. Um, The idea being that players will inherently be selfish on their playthrough and eventually make the game completely unplayable um, Mm. instead of just learning how to play the game without accessing the terminals or doing so on a temporary uh, basis. And so the designer predicted within a couple of days, the game would be rendered unplayable um, as a result of the actions of players. And they have still... Uh, you know hacked the terminals and maintained it in certain ways but have like found alternate ways of playing the game or distributed uh hacked versions of cruel world that allow you to heal um the space um and have just done a lot of really interesting things uh for a game that was like designed to be nihilistic um players have found a way to peer, like kind of persevere or adapt anyway um and it was meant to be as like a metaphor for you know a world in climate change and and uh, and kind of mm-hmm. decline where you know, there's not much an individual can do. And like the, what's interesting about the feature is like, well, I, I remember I asked, did it make you more hopeful? It's like, no, not really. I think it's all <laughs> still going to burn down. But I think what's surprising is how humans will adapt to the world burning down around them, um, which is not necessarily an optimistic viewpoint, but is nope, yeah. is, is probably true. Um, so that's a uh, uh, players are meant to make cruel world unplayable. Now they're saving it. Um, that's a feature I just had to go up on the site.
4: Cool. People should go check that out. Waypoint.vice.com, twitter.com slash waypoint. Rob, where can people find
2: you on uh Twitter? Uh at Rob Zachney, right? Just hang out waiting for Patrick to bring me the next feature. <laughs> Let me Ooh, schedule um. it. And then I send a bill to Vice. <laughs> Pay me editors' wages for adding this to Desknet. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, kato where are you on twitter (laughs) a underscore kato underscore appears kato did you see
4: did you see there was a person somewhere who was like kato has got to change his name on twitter because it's rip kato and every time i see it it gives me a heart attack (laughs) You just stayed in Halloween mode. I this did. Year. You did not leave Halloween no. mode on Twitter. Fan-
1: what's the name of the game? I, I say it wrong every single fucking phasmophobia? time. Phasmophobia. Phasmophobia. I was about to say phantasmagoria. A
0: that's um, fine. Phantasmagoria. Yeah. That's the game. I, that's, I'm always gonna make that mistake <laughs> yeah, too. That's true. you're, in, uh, you're in good to come. Hey, I, hey, I just took down my Christmas lights like a couple of days ago. So you know, I'm just gonna try to ride the spooky Holidays. wave all the way risen. to fucking Halloween. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. The thing at this point, Kado, you're basically there already. Yeah. yeah. It's basically Halloween already.
0: You're, we're closer to Halloween. Are we? Where are we? We are. I know, the sh- Shutter, the, we- the, the the Horror Network recently did like a like halfway to Halloween like telethon. So there you, Kado, go. just
2: keep Woo! going. Keep on going forward, buddy. <laughs> Just imagining a terrible, ready-to-feel-old. That baby who was born in December who suffered, was crucified, died, and risen by May. Oh, damn. Oh. oh all right. Well. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Thank you to Bowen for letting us use the track Miss You off the EP pale machine. Find out more about that at waypoint.zone slash B O E N. We'll be back later this week with some, some more stuff. Uh when is your when can you talk about more near stuff? Is that this week or is that is that I don't still the future? No,
0: I have to look at it the, like there was a document that I, I, I have now gotten past that point in the game, but uh-huh. I had not gotten nearly towards that in when we first talked about it. So I'll look at that. Okay. Maybe we can cool. weigh cool. in we and out. Maybe do a check in. All right. Yeah. There should well, be a new Resident Evil demo, but I think that might not get turned on until Friday. They're doing a big showcase, like the last like look at the game. Uh, and I say like data miners found that like a new demo has been uploaded Ooh. to the PSN. Ooh. So gotcha. we'll see if that comes out before we record the pod.
4: All right. Well, stay tuned. We'll be back on Friday. Until then, fuck capitalism. Go home.